0: Hi, I'm Chris,
1: and I'm Nathan,
0: and we're the owners and operators of
1: Chris and Chris Nathan's and Artisanal Nathan's Christmas, Christmas, Christmas Tree and emporium.
0: Cocaine Emporium. <clears throat> Is your Christmas decor fearing a little uninspired?
1: Are you searching for that extra something to make this year's Christmas party more exciting, this year of course being 1987?
0: Well, at Chris and Nathan's Artisanal Christmas Tree and Cocaine Emporium, we have everything you need to turn your next holiday event into a real blowout. That's
1: right Chris, just place an order with one of our highly professional goons and in 48 hours we'll deliver a fresh cut Christmas tree and one of our custom ornate Christmas tree stands right to your doorstep.
0: Once the tree is safely inside your home and all the doors and windows are locked, simply unscrew the base of the custom Christmas tree stand to reveal an undisclosed amount of Grade A Colombian Marching Powder. Seriously though, it's good shit we know a guy. So come down and visit our lot at the nondescript alley behind the Dairy Queen on East 14th Avenue or call us at 555-2653. That's 555-COKE.
1: Don't forget to mention discount code BLOWME for 10% off.
0: No cops though. You gotta tell us if you're a cop. Otherwise that's entrapment.
1: At Chris and Nathan's Artisanal Christmas Tree and Cocaine Emporium, we make sure that every Christmas is a white Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, and Chris, what about all the other holidays? Uh, it's 1987, Nathan. Right. Oh, a happy Hanukkah, I guess. Ugh.
1: Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell, rock. Jingle bell time and jingle bell time. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another exciting one of a kind. First last experience episode of the Handsome Boys. I almost got lost there for a second. That was close. You bobbled it, but you picked it up. I picked it up at the end. Touchdown. That's right. We are back with our third consecutive movie that takes place in Los Angeles. <laughs>
0: and I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, uh, also, Nathan, the first of our run of Christmas movies. That's right. I guess I should have led with Christmas. I buried
1: the lead. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, we're going to do a, a Christmas adjacent movie today before we settle into our uh, more traditional fare. Um, you already know what it is if you read it on Spotify, but if you don't, we're not going to tell you, so you have to keep
0: listening. Nightmare um, Before Christmas. Fuck! All hey, right. You, you talked about how we could like disguise the movies uh, last episode. Yeah, but how, we about, how about we start putting the wrong name of the movie oh, on the files? You know what?
1: Just when I feel like I'm about to jump across the desk and strangle you.
0: You just totally redeem yourself.
1: <laughs> anyway, how are you doing this week, man?
0: Um, great. Great, man.
1: Great, just great. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad actually. It's been a pretty good week, I think. All things considered, you know, all, you know, being that the world is sort of at a precipice where it could kind of fall off into a, you know, burning fire barren remorseless hellscape at any moment. Right. I mean So every, other than that, it's great. Every week is exactly the same. I mean I did have a I did I did have one thought. Like obviously the last few well, years. Well look
0: have, at you. Oh,
1: <laughs> the last few years have been kinda of shitty, you know, and it kinda of started out 2016 was that infamously bad year where Donald Trump became president, all these famous celebrities died, like David Bowie and Alan Rickman, like
0: Oh no, a, a bunch ap- of
1: old celebrities. A day apart from each other, right? Jeez, you callous <laughs> motherfucker. They were like sixty nine. I don't think that they were like
0: Fuck David Bowie. Um
1: and, you know you I don't think that. Now we have four years later, uh, for four years later, Donald Trump is no longer the president of the United States, so I think that we can start our healing now. Yeah. You know.
0: Fucking David Bowie's probably going to come back to life. Now that... We start rebuilding.
1: Not just that, Tupac is going to fucking reveal that he's been alive this whole time. A oh, it Nathan,
0: happen. you naive pawn. You oh. think that Tupac's really dead. <laughs> so adorable of you.
1: Anyway... Uh, did you watch and or play anything exciting this week?
0: Uh, I watched a bunch of movies this week. Uh, most notably, I finally watched uh, Interstellar, mm-hmm. starring one of my boyfriends, Matthew McConaughey.
1: One of your many boyfriends?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, that is a- what did
0: I think of it? I fucking loved it.
1: Good. I'm glad you did. What did you think of the. Um, one of the things I love about Interstellar more than anything is that, you know, you, we, we all were raised on Star Wars and Star Trek and, you know, these. And this is exactly the same. Exactly. No, all these things that sort of paint, you know, extrasolar planets to be like very much like Earth, but with cool architecture that you can mat onto a mountain backdrop. Right. <laughs> um, whereas the three planets. Something you can film somewhere within a couple hours' drive of California. Yeah. I mean, Death Valley, anyone? <laughs> So, uh, but Interstellar paints a much more realistic picture in that all the extrasolar planets we visit are fucking hellholes. Well,
0: and the reason behind that is this is a movie in the same... Uh, it's rooted
1: in, well, mostly based in science.
0: Yeah, it's it's in the same vein as Contact and Arrival, where they actually got, like, physics consultants or, you know, other scientists types. So
1: they got Neil deGrasse Tyson to come in and check their work? I think
0: they actually used a lot of uh, Stephen Hawking's, like... You know, black hole theories and stuff to kind yeah. of uh, come up with. That it's
1: point. a it's a truly fantastic movie. We should do it one day for sure. Yeah, like when we when we get back into our pretentious mode and we do like longer, sleepier movies. That's definitely one to do. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, it is a long ride, but I mean, I love that. It's I love fantastic. The slow burn. It really hooked me. Like I really was emotionally invested in it pretty early on.
1: How'd you like that Matt Damon uh, reveal?
0: Yeah, I didn't see that coming at all. I had somehow avoided knowing that this whole
1: time. I was hoping you did. I was hoping you did. Uh, I, so I had forgotten. So when I was like, I used I don't do this anymore, but I used to be one of those people who, when I knew a movie was coming out, I would kind of like nerd out on whatever little, little bit of information would get released about it. Yes, in there. And I remember when Interstellar's was first announced as Christopher Nolan's next project, the cast list went up on IMDB and Matt Damon was in there. And then over time, I remember he was was removed and he stopped appearing in any of the promotional material, so I just assumed that he got dropped from the picture, couldn't do it scheduling conflicts, whatever. So I completely forgot about that when I got because I didn't see it in theaters, I saw it on um, paid video on demand, of course. <laughs> and uh was very surprised to see him, especially what a petulant piece of shit he is in this movie. Oh, it's great, yeah. yeah. His
0: character's great. Yeah. You kinda you kinda smell some things up with him right off the bat, but I think they do a pretty good job of like hiding their hand until he makes his turn. The bastard's—he's
1: like, I'm gonna turn the communicator off. I wish I could stay on and talk to you, but I can't. I so. love,
0: I love that. I mean, like <laughs> it feels bad for, like, for, he doesn't want to leave. are rooting him he's there. Like, I never thought I'd murder a guy, but I have to do this. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's pretty good. I don't it's know. It's great. Glad you finally got around to that.
0: Um, and then I watched another movie uh, this week that, if you've heard of it, we could talk about. I didn't tell you what it was. Uh, I caught a, a romantic. Comedy on TV Or maybe just Romance Drama Movie um, Starring Channing Tatum And Rachel McAdams And it is From 2012 And it is called The Vow Oh that sounds Awful It was awful Oh wow And I like both those actors Quite a bit It's about A a young married couple In New York And uh, They're Like a couple years Into their marriage And the wife
1: They didn't have any chemistry Did they?
0: Oh, no. Because
1: I just know those two actors, like, I've watched them both so much over the years, and I know their styles, and I, I just can't picture them having any on-screen chemistry whatsoever.
0: Yeah, totally. She, she's very unlikable, in my opinion. She seems to have... No, you like her like her? In that movie. Oh, okay. Um, I liked her in other stuff. Yeah. So, I, spoiler alert, I, I fucking hated it. <laughs> I found it, like a lot of romantic movies, I find it very frustrating. You know the whole thing of, like... They just dangle this carrot at you for an hour and five minutes until they finally figure it out at the end. Those movies are
1: just fantasies for people who have been unlucky in love to think that, like, through ridiculous circumstance, anyone can find anyone kind of thing. But they're always, like, beautiful
0: people who, in real life, life would have no issue, like, finding love, right? Although there was something funny that I thought was realistic is they're so beautiful, and even though they're supposed to have this, you know, timeless, you know, Love that can conquer all. When they split up at one point, they both date other people like immediately, <laughs> which is what would happen in real life.
1: Especially for the woman.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But I think Channing Tatum wouldn't have a hard time oh, either.
0: So what, I gotta go into it a little bit because there's something very funny about this that I learned. Oh, good. Let's get into the vow. Yeah. So surprise, that's our episode. <laughs> um, so. It's a Christmas movie, after all. The, the conceit of the epi- of the movie, the thing that makes it unique, is what happens is a couple of years into their 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 new marriage that they have. Uh, They get in a terrible car accident and the girl goes into a brief coma and when she wakes up, she loses her memory right back to just like before they met, before she ran away from her her charmed life in the Hamptons and her engagement and ran off to New York and discovered her artistic side, opened an art studio and met Channing Tatum. And she doesn't remember any of it. (laughs) And her her parents are played by Sam Neill and uh, I can't remember the mom's name, but they're like, these rich, controlling parents that didn't like that she ran off um, and, you know, became an artist. She dropped out of law school. Oh, she could
1: have been at the firm. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) And they see it as their chance to, like, sink their hooks back into her and, like, get her away from that life. And he doesn't know how to handle it. But the thing I found so frustrating is the way that he handles trying to remind her of her old life and stuff. It's like, I just... It's like they don't know each other at all. Like, it's well, like yeah, that because, those, my because, because those two actors... Yeah, I don't have a girlfriend, but if I did...
1: Uh, Chris is single, everybody.
0: <laughs> uh, all you handsome ladies out there.
1: Uh, Jessica Lang. Jessica
0: Lang, yeah. Um, so, it's like every interaction, it's like he doesn't... Like, I feel like if that happened to my girlfriend, I would immediately know how to, like, make her fall back in love with me even if she didn't remember me. Because you know how they tick and exactly what they like and what they don't like and... You'd immediately blow them away with how how well you know but them, better a, than they know themselves.
1: But because it's a movie, he's a bumbling idiot.
0: Yeah, and they're like standoffish and like all these like misunderstandings. It sounds stuff. awful. Yeah, it was very frustrating. But the funny part that I had to set all that up to get to is I found out at the end of the movie it's based on a real story that happened to a couple. This exact same situation happened to them, and she never gets her got her memory back. And they fell back in love eventually. She just kind of accepted, like, oh, this this is the guy I married. You know, there must be something here. And he's like dated her and won her back over. And they end right. up getting married and having kids. And that's why they made the movie, because it's such a great love story. So then I go online, to learn more, and I find out a few years after the movie uh, came out, they're on an episode of like 2020, because he fucking cheated on her after they had had a couple of kids. And then they end up getting divorced. Oh my God that's pretty you never yeah you never find
1: out what happened at the end of these, uh, yes. these tales you know just a
0: classic case of Hollywood being like not the same as real life well yeah. I, I mean it. yeah uh, that's
1: all it's so funny how like you know you, you're you, you wake up after a coma and you, and you see Channing Tatum was like one of the five most handsome hunks of meat in the world yeah. and you're like oh I don't know I, I, why do I like yeah like you're not no, going to just why do I like, be like, this guy. like jackpot yeah <laughs> fuck movies are stupid sometimes not the movies that we talk about the movies we talk about are usually pretty good
0: all universe. Uh, but I actually want to talk about
1: fantastic. if we're going to talk about movies like I don't want this to turn into a hate parade because usually we're pretty positive on here
0: yeah that's I, but, I, um, I, I try to find the
1: good I, did, a, I, did, I did enjoy it I did watch it. a movie so I watched a movie on the recommendation of our good friend Clay good friend of the podcast hi Clay uh, and I didn't hate it, but I was really disappointed in it. It was this movie called Becky, and it sold as Kevin James going against type and playing like this hardcore neo Nazi thug.
0: Okay. So, for his first. Is that is it really new? Yeah. I saw a screenshot yeah. of him in, in the outfit. Or
1: yeah, what? so he looks great, and you're like, oh, this is going to be cool, you know? And a lot of actors, especially people who became famous for playing like the same character on TV, try to reinvent themselves by playing a menacing role, and sometimes it really works, you know? Uh, like with the guy from uh, Richard Dawson from Family Feud playing Richard Killian in in The Running Man. Like he was terrifying in that, right? right? And that ruined his career as a talk show host, which is what he kind of wanted. But so I was really stoked to see Kevin James. I don't know a lot about Kevin James. I wasn't the biggest King of Queens fan I've saw. I've probably seen like a dozen or so episodes of it over the years. You're
0: you're not a blart head?
1: (laughs) Gross. I did see that movie. It was terrible. The first one. Uh, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge fan of his, but I don't have anything like against him. I got nothing against Kevin James. I thought that that, uh, wrestling movie he was in was pretty
0: good. Right.
1: You know, or the the MMA one. Yeah. I thought that was actually pretty good. So I thought like, Hey, if he can, like the guy's a professional actor, like if he can be scary, good for him. And as soon as he opens his mouth, you're like, it's, it's the guy from King of Queens.
0: Right. And he's, I just could, he's too lovable he's
1: too lovable even as like a tattooed buff like the guy physically transformed himself for this role like he really wanted this to be his role right and I won't ruin the movie for you it's full of blood and gore it's scary it's terrifying it's very much in the in the vein of modern horror movies in terms of take no prisoners just fucking like yeah, bleak bleak right but like I kind of like they kind of sell the movie on the on the whole thing of seeing Kevin James kind of transforming himself and going against type and playing... It would be like if you saw Collateral and Tom Cruise sucked in it. Right. You know? It would be disappointing. you would be like, fuck, he's just playing Tom Cruise. He's not playing... He hasn't, he hasn't invented this whole new like, villainous menacing character for us to be afraid of, right? That's what really bugged me about it. So I, had, I have to give Becky thumbs down, unfortunately, because I wanted it to be this Kevin James tour de force, like transforms how we think of him as an actor and that's obviously what he was going for. Right. And he didn't do it.
0: He wanted to do a... Uh... What's, what's that one with Adam Sandler where he's like a... Or joint, Patrick Stewart. Or Patrick Stewart is like
1: the the neo-Nazi guy in, Green, in Room. Uh, Green Room, right? Like, you know, you could really... I think that's what he was going for, man. I'm pretty sure he saw Green Room and was like, I got to be like Captain Picard. Yeah, I got to do it.
0: Well, we would all like to be like Captain Picard. I would
1: also. I would like to be like Captain Picard. My
0: my number one father figure.
1: Yeah. Uh, as far as gaming, uh, Balls Deep and Ghosts of Tsushima.
0: Oh, yeah. It took a while
1: to get going with that game. It's got, it, it's, how is
0: it? I mean,
1: like, if you get bored of just wa- running around, like, reading the Mongols, you can go and, like, do all these side missions that are based on, like, tranquility and peace. And, like, you can do these haikus that give you, like, power-ups. Right. Or sit in these, like, steam baths. Or, like, do these fox missions where you have to r- chase this fox through like, an obstacle course kind of thing, to I, a shrine. I love that kind of shit. It's
0: really fun. Those little extra elements are what make games, like like, Zelda or, like, Red Dead, you know? It's so interesting. It takes a lot of Zelda. There's a lot of that, like, and I
1: think it's the Japanese, like, nature kind of vibe. Like, it takes Zelda and uh, God of War and Assassin's Creed and it kind of, like, blends those those in there with a really, like, Witcher-style mission uh, structure. And it's really good. Like, once you kind of get used to the fighting mechanics, which are not very friendly, like, you have to... You have to really you can't just go in there it's and fucking kind of, i
0: feel like that's kind of what you want in that game right you want it you want to feel yeah. like a samurai you want to feel powerful you don't want to just be hacking and slashing no. you, want to be a, you know it's not a it's perfectly not perfectly a, executed kill
1: it's story. not a hack and slash if you go in there and you mash on the attack the, the strong or the weak attack buttons you're going to get cut down pretty quick so you got to be careful but I, I i can't wait i'm deep into it now i can't wait to see where it takes me it's a lot of fun nice
0: you play anything? Uh, nah, Not I've, really, I've eh? been playing Halo a lot. And, uh, yeah.
1: That's pretty much it.
0: Pretty much it. I'm going to finish Doom soon. Uh, we should probably should stop there. I'm just going to ramble. I don't have anything. Yeah,
1: all right. Well, we'll be back uh, in just a couple minutes to talk about this movie. Get ready. And go fuck yourselves.
0: Fowl also said you're heavy into martial
1: arts, Tai Chi and all that uh, killer stuff. I suppose we have to register you as a lethal weapon. All right, we are back. And Chris, what do we have up this week?
0: Oh, Nathan, we watched a Christmas movie. Uh, It's got all kinds of Christmas stuff in it, you know, like uh, hard drugs, suicide, explosions, you know, Christmas shit. And we're not talking about Die Hard? No, we're we're talking about the other badass Christmas movie. Oh, so we're talking...
1: Gremlins. Oh, you son of a bitch. No, 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 we did Lethal Weapon.
0: Yeah, baby! So,
1: uh, when, we chose Finally. This, when we chose this, uh, we did not know, we did not think that was another Shane Black movie. <laughs> uh, so, this is two in a row.
0: Yeah, we just, if you pay attention, we just did The Last Boy Scout, Yeah. A Shane Black movie.
1: Yeah, uh, but this one uh, was a little earlier. This one came out in 1987. It was directed by Richard Donner, who has quite a storied resume. Uh, this man directed uh, the other Lethal Weapon movies, obviously, but also The Omen, uh, the original Superman... Um oh yeah. Yeah, so he he's a um, and then a bunch of other Mel Gibson movies too including um Conspiracy Theory and uh oh, that might be it actually. But uh yeah, he up until I think his last couple movies were a bit kind of duds but uh, like Timeline uh, but uh overall uh this is, you know, pretty big good, franchise good, for him. Good 80s 90s actually. It's great. uh it cost $15 million uh, to produce. It 15, grossed. 15 one five. Five. Yeah, I guess you were right. I thought it was 20 for some reason. It grossed $120 million. Uh, yeah, and it was, of course, written by Shane Black, um, who wrote, I think, the second and third as well, as well as The Last Boy Scout. Um, and. It also features the music of. I was going to say.
0: Eric Clapton.
1: Yeah, so Michael Kamen does, Michael like, Kamen the, and s- the score parts. And then Eric Clapton does all, like, a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, your your yeah, '70s yeah. porno-style guitar solo, lots of lots of
0: those, like, and then some sax. <laughs>
1: we'll we'll cut some in so you know More what we're to talking about. their partner, the saxophone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. I I watch it every few years, uh, but it had been a while since I've seen this one. Uh, real quick, other films that came out in 1987 were. Three Minute a Baby, Fatal Attraction, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Moonstruck, The Untouchables, Stakeout, and The Witches of Eastwick, which Lethal Weapon outgrossed by two million dollars. Cool. All right, uh, definitely good, good movies in there. Definitely a good, a good, a good list there. Um, so let's uh, let's jump in here. So it's Christmas.
0: Yeah. We so we start off with uh, a helicopter shot of L.A. to the tunes of. Jingle bell rock. Jingle bell, jingle, yeah. And so. before we get into what happens next, I just have a question for you, Nathan. What is a jingle horse? A, a horse with
1: bells on it. Okay. So when it moves, it jingles.
0: Okay. Giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet. Yeah, so. It's, a, it's just a horse with bells on
1: it. It's a horse with bells, and those bells jingle once the horse is in motion. Okay, that's fine. That's good. that's
0: good enough for me. Okay, good. So I always wanted to know that. Yeah, good. Uh, so our camera shot pans us over Smoggy L.A. Smoggy L.A. And settles on like a penthouse apartment building The penthouse oven apartment building Yeah, with
1: some naked ladies Uh,
0: with a topless blonde
1: chick You know it's the 80s when the first human character you see in the film is a blonde naked lady A
0: naked woman
1: Yeah, (laughs) so with that hair
0: Um, and she's having a good time She's all zonked out on cocaine She's doing lines Also some pills
1: She's like broken the pills open and mixed whatever's in there with the cocaine.
0: Yeah, she's yeah she's got uh, yeah she's got a little thing of vial of cocaine too. Yeah. Else, you know, Christmas.
1: Yeah, it's it's Christmas treats. Yeah. That's
0: what I do on Christmas. I say she
1: was whacked out on goofballs here. Yeah. Making a drug cocktail.
0: So you think those pills were drugs too? Not like you know, I thought maybe they were B be vitamins because like if, <laughs> if you're gonna do drugs and drink, you wanna
1: you wanna make sure you have you don't have too hungover the next day. Exactly. No, this actually seems actually really sad. Um, so she gets up on the ledge.
0: Yeah, she's looking over the balcony. She loves it. She's smiling. She's tripping balls. Tripping balls. Yeah. And uh, she climbs up on there and she goes for it. Unlike Jenny so, in Forrest Gump,
1: she jumps. She <laughs> jumps. Yeah. So there's actually some pretty gnarly POV shots in this scene, too. Oh, this is a cool shot. Yeah. You see, like,
0: the dummy falling down the side of the building. And
1: then a POV shot of the building. Like, I wonder if that camera attached to the dummy
0: yeah and, and then uh, like the way it crashes into the car is violent and yeah. harsh they really show it
1: yep. so, the car. Uh, we, yeah so she ultimately jumps she died and then uh, did we just cut right to the Murtaugh family after this yeah
0: so we cut to a nice little house in the suburbs yep. a straight up milkman delivering milk that still happens dude yeah that's yeah, like out in Langley and shit that still happens okay yeah interesting that blew my mind yeah, it's like a milkman. Dude,
1: we had milk delivery at my house until I was like twelve or thirteen years old. It's still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Well, anyway, then we cut to uh, Danny Glover, uh, aka Roger Murtaugh. Roger. Raj. Raj. Rog is in, still henceforth be known. In the bathtub, trying to relax, and his family busts in with a birthday cake, singing him "Happy Birthday." They do a lot of
1: the um, talk-over, like improv dialogue in this movie. Yeah, that, totally. Like a lot yeah. of like natural, like no like set lines, just. Family yelling over each other, and he's talking back to them, and it just like it does a good job of showing like, you know, I grew up in a, you grew up with a sibling in the morning. It's a chaos. It's chaos, right? It does a good. They do a good job of like showing the chaos of multiple kids and like kids from the other neighbor coming in to pick up one kid, and like it was very reminiscent of my childhood. There, it, you know, I, I liked it. Agre-
0: yeah, agreed. Yeah, they do the family dynamic pretty very well. You buy it, and, and this, yeah, they're, they're, they're like, uh, uh, you know, oh, daddy, happy, sing him happy birthday, and then they're like, uh, make a wish. And he blows out the can like, what'd you wish for? And he's like, uh, oh, you know, I wish my wife and all my kids weren't looking at my dick right now while I'm trying to have my birthday bath.
1: Because that what he actually said? No.
0: <laughs> so this you can tell he was thinking it. This is what blows
1: me away. It's his 50th birthday. Yeah. How the fuck old is Danny Glover, man? Yeah. This is 33 years ago. We didn't look it up. So that means mean he's, if this is accurate, he's 83
0: We years rarely ago. say a guy is older in a movie than he is in real life. So he probably rarely. was about 50. You know
1: what? Let's Let's... Look, let's save that for what we
0: learned. Okay, we'll okay. talk about that later. But yeah, but he looks great.
1: He looks he's, fucking great. He's, he's fucking jacked. Jacked as fuck.
0: Um, his daughter teases him about the gray in his beard too, so then the next scene you see him in, he's got a mustache now. This
1: is the this is the type of movie that, that misled you to believe that you'd start getting gray hair when you're 50 and not, oh, I don't know, when you're 35 like you and I did. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway. Oh, God.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Anyway... Uh, Time makes fools of us all. Then we do a quick cut to uh, the other lead of the movie, the much less happy life of Martin Riggs. Martin a, Riggs. Another burnout loser, much in the vein of last week's uh, Hollenbeck, um, <laughs> living on a beach in a trailer, smoking and drinking, and, uh, you know, waking up and drinking off the, sh- the beer shakes.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, he's got a gun under his pillow. He's naked. You get a nice sh- shot where you kind of can see the back of his ball sack. Oh, you can see his nice. Pert ass. Yeah, his tight ass, and uh, yeah, he cracks a, a cores for breakfast, and throws some like Chinese food leftovers to his dog.
1: Oh, his dog is super cute. Yeah. Collie.
0: Yeah, but basically, you know, we just—it's brief, but we get a shot of what Riggs's life is like. You know, when I was a kid, it—it it made me so uncomfortable that I almost had to like flip through it. It seems so sad and bleak, and now I'm watching it and I'm like. Well, I mean, he's depressed, but otherwise, he doesn't seem that bad. I mean,
1: he lives on the beach, man. Yeah, he's, in a,
0: he's got a dog, he lives on the he's beach. He's got his own trailer to himself. He'll play by his own rules. Yeah. Anywhere.
1: He's a cop, so he can harass anybody. An L.A. cop in the 80s, so he can harass anybody he wants with no consequences. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, I think Riggs is just kind of a whiny bitch. <laughs> anyway... But that's not why we're here. <laughs> not here to litigate um, the life of Martin Riggs. We cut back to Murtaugh, um, you know, living his life. People are coming in and out. And uh, his uh, wife comes up to him and she says, I just got a call from the station. You know who Michael Hunsacker is? And he's like, oh, I know that name. And she's like, yeah, he's been trying to call you for three, to- three times. You know, army buddy? And Murtaugh obviously remembers. He goes, right, 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 Michael Hunsacker. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. And it turns out that uh, it was his daughter... Uh, Amanda, who jumped off the, the balcony. And, yeah,
0: um, so so the way that we find that out is he right after, he gets a call. Right,
1: sorry, I, I jumped ahead of it there, I apologize. And whatever, it doesn't
0: matter, we find it out
1: pretty quickly. The quick. coincidence is just so perfect that that's why I yeah. Right, that's right.
0: <laughs> so uh, we get he gets a call to the scene of a suicide, right? And this, this is the suicide of a girl that jumped in the beginning. Right. Uh, before we get into that and what plays out here, did you catch when he's rolling up in his car... The um, police, like, CB has got, you know, like, the background chatter going on. Did you hear what was on it? No. Okay. So uh, a a voice comes over the CB as he's pulling up. He's, like, talking to somebody out the window, but you can hear it pretty clearly. Uh, All units, we have a drunk white female, five feet tall, 350 pounds, at the Three Clubs Bar in Melrose, drunk, nude, and singing. Wow.
1: (laughs) I want to see that movie. Yeah. Holy shit. It's like,
0: Murtaugh, no, pick up, <laughs> pick up the radio. Pick up the radio,
1: Murtaugh. Let's see what happens. In another world, in another timeline, he picked up that radio.
0: But yeah, but no, he gets out of the car. He's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, the Some of the, the, the like, the, the Boys of Blue they have the regular cops the beat B- cops we're well, talking to Trixie was that her D- name Dixie Dixie, Dixie yeah, sorry uh, yeah. a, a uh, sex worker I'm pretty sure this
1: a- uh, actress has also played a sex worker in another movie but I have to verify that's that that's an interesting yeah. time
0: casting huh? <laughs> I love it because she's he. He's Murtaugh's being nice to her I mean he says uh, something mean yeah and then as she's walking away she's like uh, you know how it is and he's like yeah all dressed up and no one to blow yeah and she's like fuck you cop man yeah, you cops are all... Yeah, so staring. she's the witness.
1: She says she's the one who saw the, the girl jump off the, yeah. the balcony, And right? then
0: the another cop gives the layout, like, the breakdown to Murtaugh, and he says, uh, victim is Amanda Hunsacker, age 22. Yeah. And he kind of has a little moment. He
1: has a moment. He figures it out, right? Yeah.
0: Um, then we cut to maybe my favorite scene in the movie... Um, really, this early? Yeah, Martin Riggs uh, purchasing a Christmas tree. Ah,
1: yes, the transaction that goes horribly wrong. <laughs> this is a great scene. <laughs> it's so now six
0: six out of my memory. So yeah, I this is this is
1: kid. definitely the the moment that I think of mo- This and the later on when we get to the desert moment, the two yes. scenes that stick most in my memory in this movie. But yeah, if you want to, if you want to go ahead and take us through what's going on at the beginning here.
0: Well, he, uh, Riggs is sitting at a table in a Christmas tree lot with a couple of uh, classic goons. Yeah, some
1: goons for sure.
0: And. Uh... He is trying out uh, some cocaine. There's like a big brick on the table.
1: Yeah, and he does the whole cop thing where he holds his hand up in front of it and makes it, yeah. like it. looks like he's it looks like he's sniffing it, but he's really just wiping it on his hand. Yeah, like
0: yeah. he pretends like he's putting it in his gums. Yeah, like. yeah. It's, right. it's,
1: it's it's an old I, I've seen like yeah. Yeah, and trick. they're like,
0: what do you think? He's like, oh no, it's good. Uh, all right, all right. You want some? And he's like, uh, all of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take some. How much <laughs> you want? Um, I guess I'll take all of it. <laughs> and they're like, all right, all right. Guy likes to party. And he's, he's like, uh, how much do I owe you? And they're like, a uh, hundred. And so he, in my favorite bit, he pulls yeah. out his wallet, starts counting out like 20s and fives. Yeah, and trying to make a hundred dollars. Some coins. And yeah. Like, hey, asshole, it's a hundred K. Yeah,
1: and at this point, I think, does he reveal he's a cop here? Yeah,
0: he's like, uh, oh, well, I'll tell you what, I don't have it on me, but uh, how about this? How about I take all this stuff right yeah. now and, uh, then, and I arrest you guys for distributing narcotics.
1: He has some dope line here about the gun. Did you, have, did you write that down?
0: Yeah, he's be, like, I did. He's, right like, he's like, this is a
1: real badge and this is a real fucking gun. Yeah, he pulls out his his,
0: yeah. uh, his badge and they're like, oh, that's not a real badge. You know, you're a crazy motherfucker. And he's like, uh, oh, well, how about this? No, he goes, I am
1: crazy. This is a real badge and this is a real fucking gun and he whips yeah, out his gun. Yeah, he pulls out his gun so yeah. fast,
0: it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Um, So... Yeah, he says he's going to bust him, and then another goon pops out of the truck. So he's th- sitting in front of a truck that's o- full of it, Christmas trees. Yeah, An open uh, delivery truck yeah. full of Christmas trees and another goon pops out of those Christmas trees in the truck and tries to blast him with a shotgun. He moves out of the way and blasts one of the other goons. Oh, straight in the chest. Yeah, big I love those old
1: nice those old like shotgun squib explosions where you just see the whole like oh, yeah front yeah, like, blood holes oh, the, so like good. red corn syrup. Oh, so good. <laughs> a lot of good squib, squib action in this movie.
0: Yeah, and then chaos breaks out. He uh, shoots one guy, and then the other guy gets away. And then uh, some more cops come in to give him backup, and uh, they're looking around for him. And the one goon that's left, the guy with the the black uh, the mullet, the long black mullet, uh, catches uh, Riggs off guard and puts a gun to his head. And he's like, "All right, nobody move!" Like you know, holds him hostage. And this is where we kind of get our yeah. our, our exposition that Riggs, Riggs, is, is,
1: Riggs is crazy. He's unhinged. He's going like, shoot him, just fucking shoot him, yeah, somebody, shoot him.
0: Somebody shoot this prick, shoot this fucking prick. And, and then he's like, come on, man, you, shoot me, shoot me, go for it, shoot me. And while he's making the guy panic and saying shoot me, that's when he takes his opportunity to bat the gun out of his way and headbutt the guy.
1: It was pretty great. Yeah. And then uh, the one guy's like he picks him up and he puts the gun up to his face and the other cop it, it's not worth
0: it, Riggs, it's not worth it. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, we also kinda of miss he does his uh, like three stooges uh, bit here. He's like yeah. whoop 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 like smacks him in his face. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah he's really nuts. I, I wrote, uh, we really they really go out of their way to make him to make him look as unhinged as possible here. So <laughs> now we're now we're in the police station where we take... We, we, a very friendly LAPD police station where we take a nice slow pan through to see a bunch of cops practicing Christmas carols yeah. <laughs> and then uh, ignoring the mental health advice of experts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, got, I wrote down some of these well, we meet we meet, we, we meet a new character. Uh, uh, the actress is Mary Ellen Trainor. Uh What was the character's name? The doctor. She's
0: like the, the staff She's the staff... The,
1: the police shrink, right? So every like precinct has a shrink or whatever, right? So I can't remember the name of the character, but she's an all... She's in all Lethal Weapon she's movies. She's the same one in all of them. Same in all of them. them. And their relationship gets more antagonistic as the series goes on. And then the actress, unfortunately, just passed away recently. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's great. And she's telling the, the captain of police... <laughs> she's,
0: trying, she's trying to tell the police captain that Riggs ha- is suicidal... And seriously and needs disturbed. Help, needs therapy, which he clearly does. And it's just... the li- Not only is the police chief dismissive of it, the lines, he says, are so harsh. He's like... She says, "Oh, he's got—he's struggling with something," and he's like, uh, "That's a bunch of psych, psych bullshit." And she's—he's—she's she's like, "Do I need to remind you that his wife of eleven years recently died?" <laughs>
1: what does <laughs> he like, say?
0: He's like, "Um, uh, uh R- Riggs, is fine. He's a—he's a tough son of a bitch. Uh, tell you what. Uh, we'll wait it out. If he offs himself, then we'll know I was wrong."
1: <laughs> Real, stay classy, Captain. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. From that, from there, we cut to... Uh, she's really frustrated, right? Uh, from there, we cut to Gary uh, like, Glover.
0: Murtaugh's office. Sorry,
1: Raj. Raj is sitting there uh, with some other guy who's going on about being an 80s man. Oh, that's really funny, too. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. bizarre. He's I've like, never heard that 80s man. I remember, I remember 90s man. Yeah. But there I don't was...
0: think of 80s guy. I think of, like, stock traders.
1: and. Yeah, I think of, like, ruthless Gordon gecko esque stock traders, like Patrick Bateman, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, what is he saying? He's like, uh, I'm telling you, Raj, 80s guys are sensitive. Uh, you know, they, uh, they they talk about their feelings. I cried stuff. in bed last night. Uh, I, I think I'm an 80s man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you're, you're, you're sensitive? He's like, yeah, I, I, last night I cried in bed. How about that? Why?
1: Yeah. Why? Was there a woman with you? Yeah, he's like, were you with
0: a woman? No, I was alone.
1: <laughs> That's why I was crying. <laughs> so the other the other black cop, whose name I don't remember, comes in, but like looks like it's his buddy, right? And he says, we got the coroner's report back. They're calling it a suicide, but... The pills that she was uh, sniffing were uh, m- uh, mixed with drain cleaner. Yeah,
0: they had full of drain cleaner. So they would have killed her anyway. So yeah, she would. It's a murder. So she it is a homicide, been right? Dead anyway.
1: So he he's he wants him in on it, right? Like he this is his buddy's daughter, so he's gonna he's gonna figure something out.
0: And that's and when the
1: chief tells him that
0: he's got a new partner. You got in. a new partner. Yeah, you have to bring a new partner in on this one.
1: Yeah. So Mel Gibson comes into the police station looking like he just woke up in his trailer.
0: Yeah, he's wearing like a. Like a windbreaker and, and like a
1: small cap on top of like his quaffed like mullet hair, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: sitting t- on top of the on
1: his head, look pretty hilarious. And he sees his gun in his uh, waist. He's just holding it. Oh, is he holding yeah. it? Yeah. And Murtaugh thinks he's a criminal. He goes,
0: and he's like, "Gun, gun!" And he then, and Riggs <laughs> is like what? And he tries to tackle him, and Riggs gives him a fucking judo flip. Yeah, and puts a gun to his head, steps on his throat. And Then the most like iconic cliche
1: in one of the most iconic cliches in movie history gets introduced. Here he goes, Raj. Meet your new partner. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Now of course we have their first scene. So unlike Rachel McAdams and Channing Tatum, these two have fucking just the best chemistry, possibly in the history of cinema. Oh,
0: good call. I mean, otherwise that's where the similarities or the, the differences end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but they are so good together just from this first scene when they're in the parking lot you know
0: yeah they're walking through the parking lot the police parking lot and they're comparing guns yeah right so he's uh, Riggs has like a Beretta like an army type of gun yeah and then old school cops don't like them because they jam right Right. yeah and and then Raj has a uh, Murtaugh has a uh, what does he say it's a .357 a inch Smith & Wesson
1: oh it's a Smith & Wesson
0: yeah he's like a six shooter he's like yeah a lot of old timers like you carry those uh, and then he, doesn't he call him a lethal weapon here? Uh, yeah, he sure does. Yeah, why this are you, uh... is, We both came into this movie being like, wh- why, we're gonna make a joke about, oh, why is it called lethal well, weapon? because when I was
1: a kid and I used to see these movies in the video store, I'd be like, yeah, lethal weapon because it's badass. Exactly. Right? Like, that's why they call it lethal weapon, because it's cool.
0: Right. But, no, this is, we get the line here. He says lethal weapon. So, he says to him, uh, I read your, your file, it says you're also into martial arts, like Tai Chi and that kind of shit. And, uh... He's like, I suppose we ought to register you as a lethal weapon. Oh, got to take a drink. Did, I've that, seen this movie a hundred times. I, I never, don't remember that line never at, all. at all. Yeah. Never, never registered. Uh, um, they also have a band of thing about how he wants to work alone. He's like, uh, you know, oh, you're, God hates me. That's why you're with me.
1: <laughs> he's like, try hating him back. That always works for me. Yeah, always works for me. Uh, then we, we we finally finally meet the bad guy yeah so we cut to a, a nightclub one of my favorite character actors Edo Ross playing Mr. Mendez oh yeah <laughs> he's Mr. Mendez yeah, he's Victor Rosta in Red Heat remember he's the bad guy in Red Heat right the Russian bad guy he's also the um, the colonel who's in charge of the Universal Soldiers in the movie Universal Soldier oh wow okay. like he's such a great character actor he always stars in these movies he's and got that, a great face he's got a great face he's got a real good like you know, uh, and he's just great in this, and he's getting patted down by uh,
0: one of the handsome boy's favorite people in the world. Absolutely, a Mister. The first, the first guy that we wish the happy birthday to on Instagram, Sir Gary Busey. <laughs> Sir
1: Gary Busey playing Mister Joshua. <laughs> what a Mister Joshua! What a fucking perfect name for. Gary Busey's character in this movie it's
0: great it's yeah, so the, good
1: the choice to call him Mr. Joshua Mr. Joshua it's so funny it's like something you'd call your chiropractor or your pediatrician or
0: something yeah, <laughs> yeah. or
1: a vet yeah or a vet <laughs> oh we're taking him to Dr. Dr. Joshua today you know? <laughs> so he's freaking he gives Mr. Mendez the old pat down and leads him into this uh, looks like a fun nightclub like an 80's nightclub where a hair metal band is rehearsing and getting castigated by the uh, nightclub manager <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and uh, uh, we meet McAllister
0: yeah so up to this point he's only referred to as general
1: the general yeah okay we don't know McAllister yet yeah and the actor oh i can't remember i just had his name the actor who plays him uh character
0: actor in a ton of horror movies
1: no no no, that's uh that's hunsacker that's michael adkins so we haven't met him yet um the i'll look him up for what we learned but he plays greg's dad and darman greg (laughs) (laughs) that's a conservative dad that's a conservative dad so he's, you know, the so, stern Robert Vaughn-looking motherfucker.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, the Mr. Mendez or whatever his name yeah. is, uh, is not impressed when he comes in. He's like, well, first he says the cheesy line, uh, uh, where'd, you, where'd you get him? Psychos are us?
1: Yeah. What right. a great, terrible line that is. Yeah.
0: And he's saying "Dude, yeah, This like, guy, the crazy store? <laughs> yeah, the jerk store called. They're out of you. Well,
1: there's a problem, George the number one feature <laughs> we're cutting that in let's see how many I can fit in my mouth you know George the ocean called they're running out of shrimp <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah Riley. <Ron? laughs> well the jerk store called they're running out of you
0: what's the difference you're their all-time bestseller <laughs> And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, basically, um, yeah, he, t- he doesn't. Menes doesn't trust him. He's like, you're working with mercenaries, and the general's like, oh no, they're loyal to me, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure they are. And he grabs, makes his goons grab Menes. You no, know, he goes, do you have the lighter, you oh, a lighter? Oh yeah, smoker? he's like, do you, do you smoke? What's that got to do with anything? Do you smoke?
1: It's like, a little strange. I always, I, I found it just, just to segue a little bit here. I found it strange. Like, I feel like something was cut here. Like we're missing something because it is it's weird why is he so rattled by them they're not behaving like they pat you down of course they do i mean that seems pretty standard for criminal
0: yeah you
1: know wh- what what did they do that freaked them out so much why that's is he all who he's like you guys are whack you guys are crazy like i don't get it like i didn't get what they did that other than the thing with joshua that's coming up i also
0: didn't at night it's like a thing that, yeah yeah it's funny that you bring that up i was like why are they so not trusting of this business deal they seem really professional if anything well maybe
1: I guess because it, it, maybe because they're ex-military which means they're vague authoritarian figures and this is a criminal underworld that right. they're entering into yeah he's
0: expecting like you know greasy the, mobsters the camaraderie stuff. of criminals yeah <laughs> honor among thieves exactly yeah <laughs> but yeah he's expecting a bunch of long haired dirtbags not a bunch of clean cut army guys uh, but yeah, why don't you take us through this Yeah, next? he asks him if he smokes, and he's like, what's that going to do it?" And He's like, give me your lighter. And he pulls it out, and he makes his goons grab Mendez's arm and hold it out. And he's like, shut up! The general's like, shut up! Hold your arm still. Don't move! And, uh, and he says, like, Mr. Joshua, roll up your sleeve. And he just does it without hesitation makes Mendez light his lighter and Mr. Joshua just holds his arm over it and lets it burn him.
1: I don't like it.
0: I don't like it either. Yeah, it's That, that one's really burned I can into my brain. smell it. It's so long and I also like that you, cause you get a shot of Gary Busey's face during this scene and like he doesn't do it completely stone faced like he's some kind of inhuman robot no he's still a person you can see him like twinging and like wanting to like scream but he doesn't because he's following orders tries to stay stoic because he's following orders I also like when he when he takes it off finally after like 20 seconds of straight fire to his arm he's like have Endo look at that yeah have Endo look at that which uh, (laughs) yeah which uh we'll learn who uh, Endo is later we sure will yeah um uh so anyway after that he says to the general says to Mendez uh so, uh, do you want to do a transaction with us? And he's like, yeah, a purchase. you yeah, would like to make yeah, a purchase. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then he tells him the time and location. He's like, and, and no funny business. Otherwise, you'll have to talk to Mr. Joshua. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. Joshua, right. Right, sure, sure.
1: Yeah, it's a great. <laughs> unfortunately,
0: that's the last, and
1: unfortunately, that's the last we see of Ed o. Ross.
0: Yeah. You know, I was really hoping, like, I didn't remember if he came back or not. I was like, I want st- to come back, Mendez. I love that guy. And in case you forgot to, uh, at the end of this scene, the general says to Men- Mendez uh, Merry Christmas
1: because it's Christmas yeah. that's right lest you forget lest you forget uh, then we we cut over to Murtaugh finally meeting with um, Michael Hunsaker uh, or Hunsaker whatever you want to call it uh, talking about Amanda and he said why were you trying to call me you were, you were gonna
0: he, t- he tells him it was a murder
1: yeah he tells him he goes why are you trying to call me he's like oh, I was hoping that you could you could help get her out. You know, I heard you were working here. Cause they're all army buddies. They're all Vietnam. One thing, the crazy thing about this is, this came on the era where so many adult men, men in their 40s and 50s, were Vietnam That's, veterans, yeah. right? A lot, like a lot of men in America were.
0: And, and I like the whole plot of like, uh, most of the guys in the main arc of this movie are like, you know, special forces or Green Berets or whatever. So they didn't really have any skills to, you know, take into the the real world other than other than law enforcement that was a big thing right yeah
1: so um they have a nice chat he talks about um he he talks about you know how he wants raj to kill to find them and kill them. yeah she
0: she was uh he also reveals that she was making videotapes pornographic pornographic tapes oh you know i mean
1: yeah it's 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 a it's a hard scene here man it's a it's a the the performance the uh uh of the actor here um we looked him up. He's the guy you were talking about. I think it's Michael Adkins is the name of the actor. Okay. And he's in all those horror movies and stuff. He's a good character actor. His performance here of like a pain father it was really believable.
0: Despite looking like Geraldo.
1: Yes, he is a Geraldo Rivera look like. I forgot to drop that. Thank you for reminding me. He, it, the first picture you see of them like in the army together, he looks like Her- Geraldo. <laughs> yeah. Like the big, the big dimple, the big apple cheeks with the big huge mustache yeah, and like. Big time. Yeah. It was pretty funny.
0: Um. Yeah. I, it's kind of funny when he's he's like shaking uh, Murtaugh like you got to you can fight him you can do, that. Can you're do that you're a cop just kill him and he, he takes his you're the LAPD <laughs> yeah kill people all the time for no reason, uh, Raj is like okay man gotta go
1: <laughs> yeah uh, now I think is when we do the jumper
0: uh, yeah so we, yeah R- Riggs and Riggs is getting a hot dog and uh, talking to Murtaugh about that guy oh he, he took him. Bayonet for me in Vietnam. Yeah. And they get a call on the radio that they've got a suicide jumper, you know, all units in the area or whatever. And... Like, Riggs,
1: go, I love these or something like that. Uh, or something like that. He goes, I think
0: so. Or yeah. like, I love this job. He's or excited something. about
1: it. He's stoked. He's yeah. like, he can't wait to go to go confront this jumper And now. as soon as they
0: get there, he's like, the, the, the whatever, the psychologist or whoever is supposed to be there isn't there yet. And he's like... I got this. Riggs is like, I got this. I've, I've done this before. <laughs>
1: Oh. This scene is amazing.
0: It's pretty great. Yeah, you want to walk us through that? Yeah, so he goes up. He goes up to the roof,
1: and he, he meets the jumper.
0: So he's only like two
1: stories up. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's still pretty high. It would die. I guess. It was like four stories. Was it? Yeah. Right. Uh, he meets the jumper. He he um, he basically just like stands out of the ledge with the guy, like and, and scares the shit out of him. Tells him he understands, you know. The guy's like, get away from me! Get away from me! And he finally, uh, you know, Mel Gibson crazy dogs handcuffs himself. Yeah, he offers him
0: a smoke. He's like, "Yeah, on, let's smoke. We'll, we'll uh, die slowly of cancer instead.
1: Yeah. Handcuffs himself to the jumper and goes, oh, yeah, now if you jump, you're taking me with you. That's manslaughter. That's murder. You want to be a murderer? killing a cop. Yeah. So eventually he just, like, he just tells the guy, fine, we're getting out of here. Come on, man. And he just tries to take him and the guy won't go. And he goes, oh, yeah, fine. Now You want to jump? You want to jump? jump? I want to jump. Let's do it. So he fucking jumps off the building with the guy. Uh, um, and at this point, they've, you know, erected the giant... Uh, cushion mat. those things exist though right they oh, put yeah. those out right uh, and they both land on it and uh, the guy is losing and he's like he's crazy get him away from me and uh, Rings is like let's go again yeah you want
0: to go again let's go again
1: <laughs> it's pretty great
0: uh, I, I, uh, I, do love, I do love the like the jumper guy being like get, get, him, away from get him away
1: from me he's crazy uh, it's classic uh, and uh, Raj didn't think it was very funny no that rattled him real good
0: <laughs> yeah he's like come here what, what, where? Come over here. And he, like, drags him into, like, an empty storefront or something. I love it, too. He t- t- takes him inside, and Murtaugh slams the door so hard, it, like, goes out the other side. Yeah.
1: That was a pretty good, pretty pretty angry. They did a lot of location filming in this movie that I appreciated. Like, I think most of it was. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. all over L.A. All over L.A. And, all, and the office buildings. Very few sets. Yeah. With the exception of, I think, actually, even the Murtaugh house is, like, a house they just fucked up. Yeah. You know? Like, they yeah, have that, those.
0: That... Scene we're gonna to get to later. Yeah, with an explosion in it is like real, real, and right in a neighborhood. Yeah. that really blew up an old house. They sure did. I, I
1: looked into it. Uh, back but in the good old days. Yeah,
0: he R- R- Murtagh dresses him down here, and like basically he's trying to. He's asking him like, are you really are you really suicidal? Like, answer well, the question. There's a
1: line earlier in the in the garage where he goes he goes No one wants to work with me. They either think I'm uh, I'm I'm suicidal, so they don't want to work with me, or they think I'm trying to get off. I'm trying to get kicked off on a, with a crazy pension. And they don't want to work with me. Yeah. So Murtaugh now says, You don't want to get off in a crazy pension. You are fucking suicidal. You yeah. are crazy. Yeah,
0: because you get that line from uh, Riggs where he's like, What do you want me to say, man? Sometimes I think about eating a bullet.
1: Yeah, and he's got to, he yeah. T- takes the bullet out. It's the hollow point. It'll go right to the back of my head. Yeah. We had a little moment there. Oh,
0: no, they, we missed it. He, he's like, If you really are crazy, he pu- uh, Murtaugh right. pulls out his gun. Yeah. And he's like, Then do it. And he hands it to him. He's like, Don't push me, man. And he, he takes it out. He cocks it. And he puts it in his mouth. And, uh, he starts to pull it back and you actually see like the, fucking, yeah. the trigger going and, and he grabs the back. last second and Murtaugh grabs it and he actually pulls the trigger and it hits Murtaugh on the thumb and he's like, wow, you, you really are so crazy.
1: Yeah. You're not trying to get off on a, on a crazy pension or yeah. whatever they're calling it. Yeah. It's a pretty intense scene. One of the, probably one of the last like hard moments of the movie, except for Mel Gibson's crying, uh, which I don't think we've gotten to yet.
0: Have we not? Did we miss that. I think we missed it. Did we? I don't know. Fuck, no, I feel like I would have caught. That. I don't know if
1: I wrote it down because it was really sad to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, in any case. Well, there's
0: a scene where Mel Gibson considers suicide. In
1: any case, uh, Riggs says he wants to follow a lead that he's got uh in Beverly Hills, one of the, the mansion that that was associated with uh, Amanda Hunsacker, some people who knew her there. So they show up at this uh palatial cocaine sex mansion.
0: Yeah, he calls him Hunsacker's meal ticket, we got a lead on him. And uh yeah, it's like like a palatial, Beverly Hills porno set yeah. in Beverly Hills. Uh, they go right in. They get led in the front gate. Yeah, this girl's like, "Have a merry Christmas, guys." Yeah, make yourself at home. Merry yeah. Christmas. I guess she thinks they're there to buy blow.
1: Yeah, because they walk in and like immediately they see these two hot girls through the window, like cutting up giant lions, and they just point at their badges and they run away.
0: Yeah. And then they got shot at. Yeah, yeah. The owner or whatever like shoots at them from across the pool. Murtaugh shoots him in the leg. Because that's all
1: he'll do. He doesn't want to kill anymore. Yeah. Since his Vietnam days, I guess. Yeah,
0: Riggs goes and gets the girls, and then and Murtaugh makes that point. He's like, he's like, uh, see, uh, I, I shot him in the leg. Now we get to talk to him, right? You know, kill him. Now we get to, he gets to answer some questions or whatever. And he's like, you, you cuff him. I'm happy. I'm going to go stand over here and be happy. Yeah. And, uh, but the guy's got a gun. Watch out.
1: Yeah, and uh, so of course, Riggs has got to fucking save Murtaugh and t- teach him that. Killing people is way easier than disarming them. Yeah. So just, 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 just kill them dead, Raj. It's totally fine. Um, and I guess this whole act of him saving his life, they bring the... I love this because like, they call the cops or whatever and everyone shows up and then they're still hanging out In the house. at the house and he's watching college football on the TV. In his underwear! His underwear! He's got his pants
0: and shoes off.
1: So Murtaugh comes up to him and he's like, Hey man, you know, Riggs. I didn't think about it. You saved my life, Riggs. Yeah. And uh, so he takes Riggs home for dinner. Yeah. Trish, to meet Trish and the, and the family. Yeah. It is a great scene. Uh, I guess they're making a roast. Uh, there's an a offhand comment about Trish's cooking. But uh, I think Riggs is, is just happy to be invited, invited to a home again, you know.
0: For sure. Uh, uh, did you catch uh, Murtaugh asks Riggs if he wants something to drink? He's like, yeah, what do you got? And he's like, oh, we got uh, Canadian mist. You like Canadian mist?
1: I imagine that's Canadian club. I guess. Yeah, because yeah. he likes his whiskey. Because earlier we, in the scene that we didn't talk about, he's sitting there drinking a full glass of of wh- straight whiskey.
0: Right. Yeah. I pictured it like Canada Dry, like he was offered him a ginger ale or something.
1: You think so? I don't know. I think it was some type of alcohol. Okay. Him knowing Riggs, right? Let's go with that. Yeah so
0: did you also notice on the fridge in the Murtaugh's free, kitchen
1: uh, stop apartheid
0: yeah free apartheid South Africa
1: yeah no there's a bunch of uh, socially progressive messages uh, scattered throughout this this movie so we, we haven't even gotten to a couple of them yet mm-hmm. so um, yeah they have a nice big family moment here we don't have to get too deep into it but it's you know Rianne is crushing on Riggs the kids do a really awkward hard to watch rap at oh, the table oh god so hard oh, to watch oh my god uh, my favorites is like do you want a tart and he's like yeah and they come out with these like microwave boxes yeah so it's uh, we looked it up they're custard tarts oh okay yeah it was really really bothering me for a while i wouldn't. <laughs> i could, i didn't stop googling until i figured it out um, so and then they they're outside working on uh, on uh, Riggs is or uh, Murtaugh's boat. They're joking around. They're having a great time. The girl comes out and she wants to do something, but he's like, "No, nah, you're grounded."
0: Oh, Rianne. Rianne. And she's like, "Yeah, Tommy or whatever asked me out." And yeah. Like, you're grounded. You know that.
1: And he's like, "But why?" He's like, "You smoke grass in the house. You know why you're grounded." And she's like, "Yeah, but Dad, it's not like it's coke or anything. It should be legal."
0: Yeah. Yeah. You guys can have a couple of beers, but I can't smoke a joint. Come on, it's not like it's coke. Uh, and. Uh, what does
1: yeah, he say? He goes, still illegal, you know, right or wrong or something like
0: that. Basically, he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, you know why? Because at this time right now, Grass is it's illegal. Still illegal. Right or wrong. It's still illegal. Yeah. It
1: blows my mind how long it took California to legalize weed. Like I think Washington and like Idaho legal, officially legalized it.
0: Part of that is that California was like the first medical. to do the medical marijuana. Yeah. But then they basically turned that into legalizing it by being like, you could go into any Dispensary, pot, yeah. Like hippie shrink and they'd be like, what's your symptoms? Oh, I can't sleep. Oh, I'm going to prescribe marijuana. Mel- I
1: got melanoma. Or no, uh, Was the? Glaucoma. Glaucoma, yeah. Yeah. sick, and my um, dog's sick too. There's was a great uh, Saturday Night Live bit where Kevin Spacey is the sketchy doctor wearing sunglasses just diagnosing weed to everybody left, right, and center. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Nice. Uh, not that we condone Kevin Spacey's actions. Anyway, um, yeah, so they had this nice little moment there, and I think, you know, So this is kind of just affirming their relationship. Now we're actually like getting, these guys are buddies now, they're starting to like and respect each other.
0: There's also an important line here where he talks, Riggs talks about having been in Vietnam. Yeah. And, like, he tells a yes. story of um, sniping a guy from a thousand yards. So Murtaugh, and, yeah,
1: I think, sorry, not, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but Murtaugh kind of, like... fucker. <laughs> fuck you. Murtaugh kind of, like, has been holding his Vietnam service up a little bit, you know, because Riggs hasn't mentioned his yet, and now he finally talks about his experiences in the war, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Th- thousand-yard shot in high wind. He says only eight or ten people in the world could have made that shot. And uh, he says then I came back and I, like realized the only thing I was good at was killing, and they have a little thick conversation about like Riggs is like you don't trust me do you? And he's like I'll tell you what, you get through tomorrow without killing anybody, especially me or yourself, <laughs> then I'll start trusting you. And they laugh, and then Riggs goes to get in his car and he stops and turns around. And he's like, uh, I do it real good, you know. And he's like, what? And he's sucking like, dick. Yeah.
1: It's not a real sexual. very sexual.
0: Um, but yeah, he means uh, killing.
1: Yeah, killing. <laughs>
0: Uh-huh. Real good Is this it, the either. house coming up? Uh, okay, let me let me flip the paper on my notes here. Well, because they want to talk to Dixie, right? Um, no. So what happens? Yeah, they bond over Vietnam. They start investigating hard. They, they talk about maybe they talk about it, but they don't go there yet. What happens next is you see Murtaugh it, go back into his house, and on his kitchen table is a uh, uh, envelope with police evidence in it.
1: Right. So he starts going through uh, it, the Amanda, Amanda Hunsacker case.
0: Yeah. So it's a it's a videotape. And a, right, he watches
1: the the porno.
0: Yeah, which is
1: just doesn't really amount to so, much more than a bunch of chicks showering yeah, together.
0: Yeah, so yeah, it's it's three girls they're having a shower together, and then um, they uh, all start to shit into a cup, and then they all, <laughs> and then they all start no, eating it. No, no, again, again, Chris. I'm it, sorry, that was. It turns out it was the lost three girls <laughs> one cup that we've all heard about. <laughs> it was disgusting, but but for some strange reason, I was aroused like. Oh. Can't put my finger on it. I I just also caught a note that I wrote here. In that scene, uh, Murtaugh puts on his porno watching glasses.
1: Yeah, he definitely puts on the glasses.
0: Yeah, so he watches the, yeah, he watches the tape. Um, he wakes up the next morning to Riggs holding up a couple of coffee That's too
1: funny. In front of his face. It's too funny. He gets woken up by Riggs. Now they're partners, right? Yeah. Now he's like in his face. He's like, wake up. And he's like, what? What's going on? What time is what? it? What uh, is this? Daytime. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love that. <laughs> what else is he is this something else funny there? I just love how, like, like, like. Come on, we gotta go out and catch bad guys. I love how, like, disoriented
1: he is, though. It's just like, what? Just
0: what? No, I'm going back to that. Like he's like, "All right, I get a shower. I get a
1: shower." Yeah, it's too funny, man. I love their. I love them together. It's like it makes me happy. Like yeah. once, once they're like raising Murtaugh finally. They really earn them becoming. They do buddies. Yeah,
0: they really are like independent total people. Opposite. The total, total opposite. They don't want to work together, and they just kind of have to by like two lone suits. wolves
1: forming a wolf pack.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we can all identify with that.
1: Exactly. So now I think it's when they go to. The, the house looking for Dixie so they no. can talk to her. No? What Jesus are, what Christ, are, what man. great scenes. How did I miss so much with my notes here?
0: Um, I don't know. What's your reading level?
1: Grade five. I haven't got...
0: That should be fun. I do not got
1: my grade ten yet. <laughs> Sorry, what did I miss?
0: Uh, They go to the shooting range.
1: Right. Okay, yeah, I guess I skipped over this because I just thought it went without saying. Like, Riggs has already... He already talked about what a great shot he is and now we go there and he does a smiley face and the and the paper dummy
0: yeah we don't need to talk the whole thing no. to death but I loved this scene as a kid like basically Murtaugh's all proud of himself for hitting center of mass like halfway down the, yeah. the thing at the, the range and then Riggs runs his target all the way down to the end he's like whistling the whole time because yeah. so it takes so long to get down there and he shoots a smiley face in it he's from got, like 20 he's yards he's got
1: dead shot from DC Comics level uh, accuracy here yeah
0: with a pistol yeah it's with like a so 9 with a Beretta yeah uh, then they go to check out Dixie yeah
1: so they're cause they've decided that or Riggs basically has, has has surmised and they're like it's thin but like she's full of shit she was lying like she was there with Amanda
0: right
1: and fed her the fed her the dirty drugs and then, and pretended then just to pretended to be a witness
0: yeah and he's like yeah, it's they, thin yeah it's pretty thin
1: yeah but hey let's check it out
0: Finn's my middle name <laughs> with your wife's cooking I'm not surprised Oh, what'd you say
1: he's so he's saying do you like my wife's cooking he's like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, so, like, no. he goes that kind of talk will get you invited to Christmas dinner and he's like my luck's turning up already yeah
1: so they go to the house this is a great scene they're just doing their like little banter as they walk out <laughs> to the house they
0: get out of their car and they're both wearing hilarious sunglasses yeah what is up with
1: Mel Gibson's sunglasses he looks like a scene? porn director yeah like or music producer or like a unsuccessful music producer yeah d- disco producer yeah like well, he's definitely going to make you a star you just have to sleep with him once <laughs> Come on, you want to be a star, don't a you? <laughs> so, as they're walking towards the house, I, I even forgot
0: about this. It just explodes. Yeah, they're on the lawn. It blows them both back like five feet. Real explosion, too. Full-on um, real explosion. We got to talk about this. Oh boy! Uh, you didn't catch it. They get blown back, and they're like smoldering, and the f- they're in a, in a panic. And the first thing that happens is Murtaugh starts trying to pat on, pat, his, pat a fire out on. Riggs is back.
1: On his, his new best friend.
0: Yeah. And you hear, it's not even at full volume, but Riggs goes, hey, what are you, a fag? <laughs> a hard F bomb.
1: Yeah, man. It's just like, it's, it's not what you want to hear your hero say, even though you know there's context and it's the time and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff, it's just now in 2020, it's just it rattles you it's so jarring it rattles you when you hear one of the one of the one of the good guys like well Mel Gibson best debatable with Mel but I mean I love Mel Gibson you love Mel Gibson we both love Bruce Willis neither of those men are real actual homophobes and I don't even think that anybody in there beyond you know gay people who would be hurt by this would even have considered that homophobic in those days really it's just guys being guys and calling each other names I think it's so
0: jarring because it's like even if you hear like a white guy say the n-word in a movie of that age you're like oh yeah that's it's harsh, but that's really how they probably... White men, white cops, maybe, talked in I private. I think that white them. cops
1: still talk like that in private, and, dude.
0: Yeah, for sure they do. And uh, we all knew that people did it with, uh, like, with gay people. But, like, you just... I don't know. We've turned that corner in our lifetime, and it's just so... We've chaotic. actually kind of... Like,
1: well, here's, here's, here's... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, here's I like, don't
0: know how of, I was really where I was going. Well, here's kind of where I look at it. Say something, like,
1: please. In, in terms of, like, you know racial equality and, and gay rights, I think that there was a time in the 80s and early 90s when we were way further ahead with racial equality and affirmative action being a thing than we were with gay rights. And now, years later, um, gay rights have become, you know accepting of, of gay people has become pretty much the norm to the point, of, even if you're a conservative politician, In Canada, at least, and you have anti gay views, that will really hurt you. Yeah. That will really hurt your real. Unless you're out in like the fucking middle of nowhere, that'll hurt your chances, right? Yeah. You can't be the Prime Minister of Canada. Like the last, the guy who just tried to run against Trudeau, he wouldn't outwardly. Uh, he wouldn't outwardly call out homophobia, right? Yeah, Not, like, might be might do it privately. But... Privately, sure, but he's but you can't you can't do that anymore. You won't get elected. So, I, but but with racial inequality and systemic racism, that's may right. arguably be worse today than it was 35 years ago. Right. And I think that's because we had this notion that we'd achieve post racial harmony when we really hadn't. And so, okay, now that we've now that we figured out this race thing, let's focus on gay rights. You know, and now we're in an era where I think homosexuals, gay men, and gay women particularly gay men unfortunately probably have almost equal rights in ter- and turn like t- especially in cities are way less discrimination than people of color do yeah. in this era it was completely the opposite where aids was a thing and people thought aids was a gay thing and people were afraid of gay people and if you're a straight oh, guy and a, a, right? and a gay person touched you you're gonna catch gay and aids yeah right so i think that's kind of where we were like back then yeah race was still a thing but people thought we were turning a corner on race still weren't cool with gay people now We've actually. I feel like we actually, especially here where we are, we've definitely turned a corner with gay people, mm-hmm. and we're still really fucking behind in race. Like we are yeah. not. We're not doing well with.
0: That. Maybe that's what it is. Because if you heard a, a hero say the N word, it's like, oh yeah, they're still doing that. But if you hear them say the F word, it's like, God, nobody, said nobody that says in, that like, anymore. 20, 30 years.
1: Yeah. So I think that's sort of where, it, where, like, why it's so jarring is because like where we're at with gay rights now is that at least where we live and like a lot a lot of places in North America and Western Europe are completely accepting the gay people where it's not even an issue. Where if someone says, I'm gay, you don't bat an eyelash, you don't care. It's not a thing for you. It doesn't Most people, matter, yeah. right? But systemic racism is still so alive and well in Canada and deeply ingrained and it's really so, sad.
0: And this exact phrasing, what are you a fag, came up in the last episode we watched, yeah. uh, the last Boy Scout where Bruce Willis said it. Um, I, I didn't say it then, but I just want to take a moment to kind of this out so I don't. I'm not a big fan of if you're quoting somebody or you're going to talk about it afterwards, like we just did, in like muting or, or not saying that word because it got said and it's, it's a not real say. thing. And I feel like it takes power away from like the importance of talking about it if you kind of oh, if you like, pretend
1: that it doesn't exist, yeah, exactly. Right. So like you,
0: when it comes up in a movie, we will quote it accurately, we don't
1: use it. the word it's not it hasn't been part of my vernacular since i was about 19 or 20 years old you know like i've gone out of my way i was gonna say like
0: 11 but
1: <laughs> sure no man i mean like i had gay friends who thought it was totally cool to, to talk about that at that time right right but now that we're all fucking in our mid to late 30s it's not okay to joke around like that anymore right. you know
0: and we're both very against it and anytime it comes up we'll, we'll point that out and use it to make some sort of a a point about how the movie doesn't age well I'm happy that I'm, you know, so, I'm still going to say it
1: I'm happy that in modern cinema the only time we hear that word is with characters who are despicable or exactly. uneducated right yeah. you don't hear it thrown around in a casual you know brotherly way the way it was done in this or in the last boy scout yeah obviously shane black is a closet homosexual who hates himself (laughs) (laughs) no yeah
0: they're both same i think i think
1: he's even mentioned it like he's even talked about how his old scripts were full of inappropriate shit
0: yeah well because he's he really like we've talked about he captures like being a kid really well he does like bro like friendship really well so i think it's his attempt at like not being Hollywood and Dude, being real. Dude, I mean, we're
1: lying if we, didn't, if we don't admit that we used that word in high school freely no, at right. times, right? Absolutely. Like, it's not. Like, it, you can't deny it. You can't pretend it didn't happen, and you have to own it.
0: And he's older than us. You have to
1: own it, and if we ever have kids, if I ever have a son, and, you know, I hear him using that word as a derogatory term, I'll fucking lose my shit on him, and I'll yeah. know why, right? Uh, it's not okay to say. Like, it's something that... Like, you can't control what people do in private. People want to say their things. It's not something that we should celebrate in public or have... You know, our, our heroes certainly shouldn't be saying it. So, yeah, it, it is jarring. It does suck, but we should... We, we have to point it out because then we're not...
0: God, it just caught me off guard.
1: I didn't even hear it. I didn't even, like, register it. I was it's, laughing at the... It's at the, low at in the bo- mix. I was laughing at their body language after the explosion. We, and
0: honestly, because it was low in the mix, it made me think, like, a lot of lines in this movie are probably improvised from Mel.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: So... Um, anyway, the house blew up. So right before that, they were talking to these kids who were like,
1: oh, you're going to go arrest Dixie? Oh, Dixie, the big ho, she's going to get arrested. Right? So uh, the house blows up and the kids are all over uh, Riggs and Murtaugh. I love how Riggs is like, just give me stick here, guys. Yeah. Every time he says guys, his Aussie accent yeah, slips out his just Uh So... Uh, you know, the fire department come, the other cops come. They're like, "Yeah, we saw a guy dressed as a gas a gas guy go up." We called the checking the meter. Checking the meter. We, had to, we called the gas company and didn't send anybody out.
0: Uh, Riggs also pulls a like detonator switch. This is
1: this, is, this, is, this is pro. This is a yeah. professional hit. And he's
0: like, "Oh well, you know, good 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 job." Or he teases him. Murtaugh teases him. And he's like, "No, no, you don't understand. I've only ever seen this kind of shit back in the war. This is what special forces used for like." You know, C four demolitions, off the off the books jobs, yeah, like right? This is, this is professional, yeah, right.
1: So they're talking to the kids and they're trying to get info. So out one the kids.
0: one of the kids, the one of the cops says one of the kids saw the guy real
1: yeah. good,
0: right? And uh, yeah, so Murtos trying to interview him really awkward and funny scene. Where well,
1: the, all the kids are ADR to shit here, Real right? bad kid acting, lots well, of ADR. Uh, and they're like, and they're, I love it because they, they're asking the name, and all the other kids are like, don't tell them your name, don't listen to them Like they're cops, right? Yeah. So they finally like lure. Like, one of the cops looks at him and goes, "My mom said that cops kill black people. Is that true?" And all the cops are like, ah, "Why? Why? Hey, you kids like ice cream? Yeah, you want some ice
0: cream? That's yeah. Not you." Riggs just laughing to himself too in yeah. the
1: corner. Like, He's like, Phew. "Yeah." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Now> we
0: do. <laughs> Just wait until nineteen
1: ninety two; you'll get it all out of your system. Uh, so they they do they do corner the one kid, Alfred, little Alfred, little yeah. Alfie, and uh, he does. Uh, he says he was a white guy, and tall, he had paint on him.
0: And he was blonde, yeah, and tall, and he had paint on him.
1: And it looked like Riggs's tattoo. Was it looked
0: like that, and, he, and it's Riggs's tattoo. Special Forces tattoo. And yeah, he's like exactly like that. Had the knife and everything, and then he, Riggs pulls Mertola aside. He's like, "This is a Special Forces tattoo." And Murtaugh's like, special forces detonators? What have we gotten ourselves into here? Some shit. Yeah. So next, we cut to Amanda Hunsaker's memorial service at Hunsaker Manor. Yeah,
1: like he's obviously a wealthy man, this uh, Michael Hunsaker.
0: Yeah, it's like a like a Orange County like beachfront or oceanfront.
1: Like yeah, so... Tony Stark's house. At this point, Raj's uh, Raj detective... Uh, intuition has kicked in, and he's figured out that there's something not right about this whole thing. But the fact that Michael was contacting him so much earlier before Amanda's dad had something else to do. wasn't It wasn't about getting her out. It was about he wanted to spill the beans. He wanted yeah. to come clean about what's going on. He,
0: and he says to him, uh, "She didn't. Um, oh, she wasn't uh, killed because of something she got into. She was killed because of something you got you into. You did
1: something, yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, he eventually cracks and spills the beans." It's pretty convoluted. It is convoluted. It's very so. similar to
1: American, to the American, to what they did. The true story with American Gangster, right? You ever see that movie with Denzel, where uh, what's his name? Can't remember the character's name. It was a real guy.
0: Oh, and, that uh, American Gangster. Yeah, and he, and he
1: used like coffins of war dead to like smuggle uh, China White out of. Vietnam, right? Right. So it's kind of like I think they're kind of piggybacking off that true story to tell this story about the smuggling.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing he says is pretty real. Like he talks about Operation Air America, where yeah. the CIA ironically, not ironically, but coincidentally, Mel Gibson
1: would star in a movie a few years later playing a pilot in Air America with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, called okay. Air America. Well,
0: look at that. Yeah. Um, so the plot, without going too much into it, is basically he was a special forces guy. He was in a, a group called Shadow Company. <laughs>
1: The uh, aptly named Shadow Company,
0: yeah. Black um, Squadron. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was in a thing called Shadow Company, and he got into this Air America operation in Vietnam where they were... Laos. and Laos. Where they weren't legally allowed
1: to be operating, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, Cambodia. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. The CIA yeah. Yeah, secretly ran the whole war out of Cambodia. Which is know. not
1: totally like... It's, it, it is a thing.
0: Yeah. And then, so after the war, they still had their connections, so they started funneling heroin out of Vietnam to America and selling it in America, and they use his bank as a front so it yeah. looks all legit, etc., etc. To wash the money. And while he's spilling the beans, uh, Michael Hunsaker uh, helps himself to a full carton of eggnog.
1: Yeah, it just whips out the eggnog and starts chanking it out of the bottom of the carton, man. That was very strange. Just reminding us that it's Christmas time, right? Yeah. Because we're in California, right? It's fucking sunny all the time. There's not going to be any snow on the ground or cold weather.
0: I like the, I like that they constantly... Remind you. Yeah, make you aware that it's And there's like
1: Holly stuff. in the backgrounds too and shit like that yeah. right, in this scene.
0: Uh, and then as he's drinking his eggnog, a fucking helicopter pops up from the cliffside behind his house and uh fucking mr joshua snipes him through his body through the eggnog cart yeah
1: it's a pretty cool shot
0: and uh like murtaugh runs outside riggs is shooting at the helicopter he sees this mr joshua i love
1: in movies of this era it doesn't matter if it's a car driving away a helicopter or a plane the hero will shoot their handgun at it as it goes away and i've even like because of this trope in movies, I've, like, become that person in video games where, like, the car's driving away and I'll, like, whip out my gun and be like, no, get back, 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 back,
0: follow yeah. <laughs> Fall down <not> the street in <laughs> yeah.
1: style. It's so... It's a great scene, right? And then now they know that there's some serious shit going on.
0: You also get... Um, at the end of the scene, Mr. Joshua in the helicopter saying he took care of Hunsacker, but that the cops were there yeah. and they got away and they probably knew everything. And the, well, the else. general
1: says, so why are you? I'm very disappointed, Joshua. Are you trying to say that the police might be aware of everything? And he goes, that's what I'm trying to that, say, sir. That's
0: sorry. correct, sir. Yeah. And uh, then the general also says, uh, I think it's time we turn up the heat. Ooh. And this is when the movie fucking gets moving, baby.
1: So next thing we you know, we're on the street, uh, you know, in, in, in Skid Row. And uh, Riggs is flashing a picture of Amanda to the various street hookers. Dixie. No, that's not Dixie. Isn't Dixie.
0: He's asking if she was uh, in a stable. Oh. No, it's Amanda. Oh, is it? It's okay. a picture of right.
1: Amanda. Yeah, Dixie's dead.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> walks up to the hooker and he's like, what's well, a nice Irish girl like you? <laughs> she's, she's
1: Latino, so she laughs. Yeah. It's a good line. I liked it. I appreciated that.
0: And then Mr. Joshua pulls up and does a drive-by on yeah. Riggs and shotgun blasts him through a window.
1: Yeah, right in the chest. So Murtaugh's like,
0: No, Riggs, no! And, and Joshua peels off, and it turns out Riggs had his vest on. Yeah,
1: because in real life, uh, Kevlar vest could take the full force of a combat shotgun point blank.
0: Also, it's one of those sh- d- fucking uh, shots. It's going to hit you in the neck or the groin no, or
1: something. all the scatter was laid out perfectly on the Kevlar vest that's designed to take, like, small ordnance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. That's the other thing, too, right? It'd probably rip right through that vest.
1: Uh, I mean, It'll those, those yeah, that. those vests are pretty strong. Like, it's possible if they all, if every, like, pellet hit the vest, it would uh, stop it, but his lungs would probably collapse and his ribs would be shattered. Yeah. So,
0: but he's fine. Um, so, as is helping up Riggs, he says... Uh, Raj, uh that's the same albino jackrabbit that shot have <laughs> so yeah, A real
1: problem with blonde haired people here. Anyone with blonde hair is an albino or a weirdo or like Yeah.
0: He also says I never forget an asshole.
1: Yeah. That's good, I like that line.
0: <laughs> uh so now they think they're pretty
1: clever. Oh, they're like he, he
0: go, Raj goes, What do we do now? And Yeah, he uh, thinks he's
1: clever. He's like, Well, they think I'm dead, we gotta one up on them. Yeah. But now we get another uh call on the police radio here.
0: Uh, yeah, it's to go to a, a murder scene, and uh, Merton is not interested because I think it's related to him, and the girl on the other line is like, well, the chief asked for you specifically. Uh, it's two blocks from your house. And he's like, oh, let me guess, a blonde guy with dimples? And she's like,
1: "Right. how did you know, sir? We forgot to mention that they that the guy that uh, Rihanna wanted to go out with uh, is a blonde guy with dimples. Right, yeah. yeah.
0: So he panics, and they race over uh, to his house. Um, they bust in with their guns, and they find a note uh, that's right inside the door that has a picture of Rianne, and says that they have they have her, they have his daughter. Uh, the wife comes downstairs, and she puts it together, and it's very very sad, very sad scene.
1: Yeah, she, her performance there was great, like just breaking down, right? Yeah, yeah. We kind of like overstate enough, like how good the acting in this movie throughout is. Like everybody in it is bringing it. Like, there's not a single bad actor in the bunch. Like, every even from the from the bit parts to the... I mean, maybe the jumper, but he did a decent job. Not so, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think, yeah.
0: Um, um, they get a phone call, too, um, saying, like, hey, we got your... You have a very beautiful daughter. Yeah, they say that a
1: bunch of times, man. Yeah. Like, more than once.
0: All right, meet us here to pick up your daughter. By the way, she's real hot. She's
1: pretty tasty. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> Good work, officer. Uh, so,
0: they say, meet us at the... Uh, whoa, what did they just say the, oh I got it um, the dry lake yeah the uh, dry lake so I looked that in, up in Victorville
1: so I looked up uh, it's called Rogers Dry Lake and it's in Death, it's in uh, the Mojave Desert it's quite a drive out of uh, LA to get there mm-hmm. but it's a real place and it is at one point in time was a lake um
0: yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. This is almost Death Valley, right? Yeah,
1: the whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty cool, uh, it's a it's pretty cool. They actually went out there and filmed this whole sequence there. <laughs> so other than the Christmas tree moment, this is the other part of the movie that I remember the most, yeah. and I mistakenly thought this was the climax of the film right here.
0: Right, I think me too. Yeah, yeah I
1: thought everything ended right here.
0: Um, I will say before they go there, Riggs and Murtar are in his house after they got the phone call, and they have this great little kind of exchange about... Um, it's like you know they're gonna Riggs like you know they're gonna kill her yeah. right he's like yeah he's like so if you wanna get her back we gotta do things my way you shoot to kill and you don't miss right he's like and, he, and then he says we're gonna get bloody on this one Raj yeah right so really setting up that this is where shit's gonna get heavy shit gets
1: really real here I love it so they uh, they show uh, Riggs driving through the desert and he stops and uh, Murtaugh driving the desert and he stops and Riggs just like bolts out
0: of the car with his fucking sniper giant rifle. sniper rifle and lays down in the brush. Yeah, he's hiding at a distance, like to watch the exchange, because they think he's dead, right? So they don't know he's going to be there. Um, Roger, Roger pulls up in his car, and then we see like a helicopter and a couple of vehicles come from the other side of the desert. Yeah.
1: And can I? Can we talk about the henchmen? Yeah, there's some good henchmen in here. Like, first of all, half of them are in Die Hard, or Cliffhanger, or like it's the same. It's the same actors who are in all these movies. So all like Joel Silver's buddies. All these, like, and they're all like half of them are Euro trash. Like where do you get these guys, man? Like, he's just like, did you go to like, did you go to like the fucking Gucci store and just recruit people as they walked out with their bag? Like, yeah.
0: yeah. So, it's, so Murtaugh has uh, a grenade in his hand with the pin out and he's holding it. I
1: love how Joshua isn't worried. At oh all. yeah.
0: So I wrote, Mr. Joshua uh, gets out of the car in his white V-neck sweater from the Chanel fall catalog. Yeah,
1: they all went shopping together at the Eurotrash <laughs> store before they uh, went to this meetup, right? Yeah. Gary Busey looks so young and fresh in this movie. This is before the head injury, I guess, eh?
0: Yeah, yeah. he does look good. Um, he looks real good. looks like Jake Busey. He does look like Jake Busey, his son. It's remarkable
1: how similar those two look, especially now that Jake is old. He looks exactly like his old man. It's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Uh, so, uh, Joshua, Mr. Joshua says he's bluffing and to shoot him. Um, he says he'd rather her go out on my terms. He know. says he's not going to
1: drop the grenade. His daughter is here. Yeah, because they make him show her. Murtaugh's the... like
0: I'll do it. If, if we're all going to die, I want her to, I want. She's going to go out on my terms. Josh, Mr. Joshua shoots uh, uh, Murtaugh like in the shoulder or something, yeah. and he drops the grenade and hides behind his car. It's just a smoke grenade. Uh, it's a smoker. It's a smoke. It's just a smoker. And uh, then Riggs starts opening fire. He just
1: starts murking people. Oh, it's man. great. It's so good. First, he
0: takes out the two goons that are holding Rianne. The long-haired
1: guy who I'm pretty sure is also in Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that guy looks really familiar. Yeah, he's I'm one of the guys familiar, right? He's one of
1: the guys who John McClane kills with the glass shootout sequence.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he kills a few other people. Um, then he's about to shoot Mr. No, he's out of ammo. Is he? Yeah, he's got Joshua
1: in his sights, and he or, did, or no, 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 he's oh, gonna shoot him.
0: And the general is behind him and has yeah. a gun to his head.
1: Put it down, son. Yeah, put it
0: down, son. You're not that fast. Yeah. And uh, then while this is happening, Trish has got into a car and is
1: trying to drive away. Yeah. But the helicopter is uh, chasing her down.
0: Yeah. So they catch her. They catch. Um, they catch or, them all. They all get caught. What? They're
1: all. They're all caught here. Um.
0: Well, so when the general is walking with Riggs, um, first we get the reveal that the general's name is General Peter McAllister. Peter McAllister is the name of the dad from Home Alone. It is. John Heard. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was wow. like, where do I know that name? And I looked it up. Um, and then Riggs says to the general, he's like, uh, Shadow Company, eh? I ran into a lot of you Shadow Company pussies in Saigon in 69. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've run into a lot of pussies in 69 before. If you know what i'm saying
1: i don't what What? i don't
0: what's let's move on okay uh <laughs> yeah so they yeah to catch everybody um then we get mel gibson's the mel gibson special this is a famous torture scene the torture scene yeah yeah he loves getting tortured right i love
1: that south Park. you're gonna torture me aren't you <laughs> yeah so you do intend to torture me huh well go ahead do your worst. You still won't get your ticket money back. I can take whatever you can dish out. We don't want to torture you. I get it, but you don't have a choice. Is that it? Well, go ahead. I just sure hope you don't use those whips over there on the wall.
0: Dude, can we please just have eighteen dollars back from you? Yeah. Um. Yeah, he does love getting tortured. And uh, so, with the, with the, the setting s- set up for this is, they got him in like this little narrow alley hanging no it's in the it's in the back room behind the nightclub we learn that later yeah so it's yeah. behind the nightclub yeah um so Riggs is hanging by a chain by his wrist It's like a hose and he's, he's shirtless and there's like water dripping all over him yeah and uh so first uh, Mr. Joshua says save your strength you're gonna need it Riggs says the line who's this chin Referring to an Asian guy that's standing. Yeah, so the we side mean, of Endo. We Endo
1: for the first time.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mr. Joshua says uh, this is Mr. Endo. He's forgot more about uh, pain, uh, dispensing yeah. pain than you and I. Or no, he no, he's you know he's forgotten more about dispensing pain than you yeah. and I will ever know.
1: So this is Al Leong.
0: Al Leong, Yeah.
1: Uh, he has been a henchman in so he's a stunt man as well. So he does all his own stunts. Uh, he's been he's been in so many. He's in Die Hard. Uh, he's in just countless uh, action movies from the 80s and 90s. if
0: I'm not mistaken Alion is also the advocate for like um, Asian representation in Hollywood Big time. for the Academy or something like that. Yeah,
1: he's uh, he's like, he was also in Day Live, remember? We just yeah. uh, briefly Big Trouble in Little China. Like his his uh he's uh, Khan and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> right. Like his his resume is vast. The people he's worked with, he's a very respected man. And uh, he gets killed real good in a lot of his movies. Yep. Yeah. So what happens here
0: is this is awful. This, it this is, is awful. awful. Yeah. I
1: hate watching this scene. And
0: Mr. Joshua says, uh, "If you if you tell me everything, I promise I'll kill you quick." And uh, he basically, Riggs is like, "I I I told you everything I know. Like he he, he you killed Hunsaker before he he spilled the beans." He's bees. like that's bullshit. And he's like, "You're lying. I wish I could believe you." Um. And he says, uh, "Mr. Endo," and uh, he fucking starts. So he's got. I think it's like a car battery, car battery. with like a sponge yeah. around the ends Yeah, so every time he goes through the water, he zaps him with yeah, it. Yeah, he puts it to his chest and oh. lights him up a bunch of times. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's intense. Um, we cut to the, some more guys rough, roughing up Murtaugh. In a much more traditional uh, beat, it, beat yeah. down type of way. Yeah, more classic roughing He's guy. getting it easy. He's just getting punched in the face brass, a bunch. Brass knuckles to the ribs or something. Yeah, and then his, uh, they bring out his daughter. Yeah, they bring out his daughter. We cut back to Riggs and he's alone with uh, Endo. Actually, what happens first is
1: Endo Sorry, Endo says uh, he doesn't know anything. There's no way anybody who could take that yeah, kind no, of pain and not talk.
0: Nobody could take that. Yeah. And then Joshua says, all right, well, then finish him. And he leaves and he gets close to Riggs hanging on the hook. And so Riggs fucking headbutts him, yeah. kicks his face into the concrete, and then grabs him with his ankles and snaps his snaps neck. Snaps his neck. And it's then he climbs himself off the hook. It's awesome. It's so dope. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then uh, we cut back to yeah we cut back to Murtaugh. Uh, they the, bring the, the generals talking to him. Yeah, they bring Rihanna in and, and like hook her onto a thing. And then once again he's like, you have a very beautiful daughter.
0: <laughs> well done. Before we do this, I just want you. I to just know. want to remark
1: how beautiful your daughter is.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, Riggs is like, you do it, I'll fucking kill you and uh, he's like uh, oh spare me son uh, there's, there's no more heroes left in this world and of course right at that time Riggs busts in the door and throws Endo's body on some goons and starts fucking people he also up. snaps
1: another guy's neck yeah he neck. Start, starts Just snapping gra- necks grabs a guy's neck and snaps it he's shooting everywhere so uh, McAllister and uh, Joshua get away
0: yeah uh, Riggs t- unties Rianne and uh, Murtaugh um, he also s- says the line uh, uh, hey Ruch uh, what did one shepherd say to the other shepherd Let's get the flock out of here.
1: Oh, wow. So they go, uh, they they exit through. Remember, we're in the back room, the the largest back room of a nightclub of all time. Because yeah, they go into a cavernous yeah, labyrinth of, of, of various torture rooms. Yeah. Uh, so they go out to the nightclub. Immediately, Mel Gibson just looks at one of the henchmen and just blasts him to the ground.
0: Oh yeah, the bartender's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And just shoots him in the nightclub. So he
1: shoots everybody. They shoot everybody on the way out of the nightclub, pretty savagely.
0: Yeah. Joshua busts in and starts firing a machine oh, gun everywhere. Great. So they have this big
1: giant shootout. Uh, they kind of split up, right? So Mel Gibson goes after, chases after Mr. Joshua, Joshua, running down the street, like blasting at him across the freeway. I thought that was awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Riggs is or Murtaugh's like uh, he's going this way. You go over the overpass. You cut him off, and yeah. we get him sniping at the Joshua's car from an overpass. Yeah. He shoots the engine up, and it catches on fire.
1: Yeah. So Joshua leaves on foot.
0: Yeah. Car uh, flips over. Oh, no, wait, that's different. So,
1: that's different. No, oh, I, got, gen- I got a good line coming out for the general here.
0: Okay, so the the general,
1: do you want to walk through that part? So, well, so uh, he c- confronts the general in uh, an alleyway uh, as the general's got his car driving. He tries driving towards Riggs. Gen-
0: or Murtaugh.
1: Mur- Sorry, Murtaugh. Yeah, gen- yeah. The
0: general's going to run him over.
1: Yeah, and Murtaugh pulls out his piece here, and now he's not afraid to kill anyone, so he blasts the driver in the head. Yeah. Uh, uh, McAllister takes the wheel, drives out into the street, but manages to crash his car, and it flips over. And I always said don't store the grenades and cocaine together. In the same area, because yeah, that's a classic mistake. That's a classic mistake. So you know, the car slipped over. The the gasoline and the fire are, po- are coming towards him as the as the grenades and cocaine are all in one very great pile. As he's upside down and of he's course, trying to reach for the, the grenades. Trying to reach for the There's like three grenades there. Man. Why are there so many grenades? You
0: know, he tries to take my hair away It's
1: so funny because gonna... like he or yeah, I guess it's heroin, right? Because I guess at one point some of his henchmen were like, boss. Is it really necessary to store the heroin with the the grenades? He's like, shut up. I'm the general. You do what I say.
0: Were you in Nam? <laughs> I don't think... This that. is how we stored our heroin and grenades in Nam.
1: <laughs> makes me feel safe. <laughs> so yeah, he's dead. He blows up good. He, he blows up good. I actually love how when they had the car flipping. Because you know how whenever they do a car flip, they never have the person in the car when it flips. This time they had a dummy in the car so you see the hand like, oh the window like flopping yeah. around and banging around. I thought I noticed I that. I thought that was a nice touch, you know. It made me feel like some real people really got hurt. That made me happy, you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, so so, uh, so this is where Riggs, That's the end of, McAllister that's, the end of McAllister, McAllister that's not the end of the movie No uh, this So the, this is where Riggs Shoots Mr. Joshua's car From the overpass And it uh, Crashes No it doesn't crash he, It doesn't like does crash It crashes
1: through you know, He drives right through a lamppost
0: Right And then he gets out He gets in another car Yeah and, uh, Riggs can't catch up with him Murtaugh catches up Yeah And they realize Oh shit he knows where I live yeah. So they go to try to cut him off there Mr. Joshua gets there first, and there's, like, a squad well, car. What he thinks he gets there first. What's that? Murtaugh? Yeah. because, or, uh, no, because they had all the,
1: those notes in the house, remember?
0: Well, but he... First, he gets there before they do. Oh, and
1: he shoots the... And he
0: shoots to, like, a, a black and white. Like.
1: Shane Lack really likes that, eh? He likes the bad guy killing two random cops at the side of the street.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mr. Joshua busts into Murtaugh's house, and, yeah, he sees the note. What does the note say? It's, uh it was pretty funny. nobody
1: here but us dumb cops or something like that ain't nobody uh, here but sorry. us cops yeah
0: dear bad guys no one here but us cops sorry signed the good guys yeah uh, and then a Christmas carols playing on the TV
1: yeah the original Alistair Sim version where he's like hey, what,
0: hey, what day is it today and
1: just as the nanny is about to say whoa it's Crip then the car crashes through the well, no uh,
0: fucking Mr. Joshua's like god damn fucking Christmas and he shoots the that's TV that's right he shoots the TV yeah and then a, the police car busts into the wall to of to the living house. room And Mr. Joshua lights it up with his machine gun. He looks in the driver's seat, and there's a nightstick holding the gas pedal down. And that's when Riggs comes in and puts a gun to his head. And this is just completely insane. What happens? What happens next? Yeah.
1: So basically they just let so you know they're they're they basically they could just put him in cuffs and, and the they, movie would be him. over. They've disarmed him. But instead, Mel Gibson's like, You wanna take a shot at the champ?
0: Yeah, he goes, What do you say, champ? You wanna shot at the title? Yeah, the shot,
1: yeah, shot at the title.
0: And <laughs> Mr. Joshua is like, Don't mind if I do. And basically all the cops show up and Murtaugh just lets the two of them No! Go. He runs out to stop and goes, just let him go, it's yeah. all good. I, yeah. let, let him fight, let him fight. I, I take full responsibility. <laughs> he just killed two cops.
1: <laughs> like, it's and, so insane. And they're insane. all like, yeah, cool. And, like, there's various moments in the fight where, like, not much, but, like, briefly, Joshua's got the upper hand, right? And they could just blow the guy away and end it right there. Yeah, and yeah like, he almost oh, drowns, he drowns him. In the water. Riggs, Riggs will come back. And, you know, so eventually Riggs does come back and kicks the shit out of Josh. I love how he also gets, like, a metal pipe out of nowhere. Just like finds that metal pipe. Yeah, and so then and
0: and Murtoff throws a nightstick to Riggs so he can fight him back. Oh, he with fucks that. him
1: up. And then you liked how he did a bunch of jujitsu
0: here. Sure did. So the, I thought about that right away. Like, this is this early in Hollywood for these types of jujitsu moves. Very early. We'll be talking about that a little later. Yeah. Uh, so what happened? The way it plays out is they disarm each other again from the pipe and the nightstick, and uh, they get on the ground and they're rolling around. Uh, Riggs thro- throws an armbar on him. Good looking yeah, armbar. Good looking armbar. He gets out of it. Uh, Joshua gets on top, he puts him in a triangle choke, yeah. starts choking him out. Murtaugh's like, do it, snap the stick. And he uh, decides at the last second he's not worth it, gets <laughs> off of him, and then Murtaugh says, all right, get this piece of shit off my lawn. Okay, boys, that's enough. Yeah. And then we have a diehard moment. <laughs> uh,
1: Wait, what is the diehard moment? Well, it's just like at the end of Diehard where you think the bad guy is totally beaten up, and out of nowhere he like whips out his gun, he takes the gun out of the cop's holster. And then Riggs and talk in unison flip towards him and blast the shit out of him. Right, yeah. Love it, like bam, bro, bro, shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: um, yeah. That's basically the end. We get a little scene of uh, Riggs visiting his wife's grave, and yeah, missing miss uh, a kid. And then having I think Christmas dinner with uh, yeah. And he goes,
1: "Can I bring my friend?" And he brings his dog brings, in, brings and they're like, in. "I think the cat. I don't think the cat's gonna like that." And then we hear be here like.
0: Wah! Yeah. And they all lived happily
1: ever after and did three more movies. And together. did three more movies, yeah. And we're going to do them all over time.
0: Okay, and, and uh, before we... That, that's that's Lethal Weapon. Before we give our ratings, uh, let's quickly talk about... We skipped over one of the most memorable scenes yeah. of the movie. Uh, where, we're
1: just so excited to talk about all the fun action parts. We forgot to talk about the really depressing part. Yeah,
0: I think that might be it. Um, there's a scene early on to really drive home how suicidal... Uh, Riggs is where he's looking at a picture of his wife at night he's
1: falling his eyes out falling
0: his eyes out really looks like he's crying it's a really
1: like Mel Gibson like I mean the guy is not an Academy Award winning actor because he sucks at acting like he's a no, fucking phenomenal he actor he can
0: deliver a performance yeah. and this is a, one of his better ones he does he, he takes the bullet out he like cleans it off while he's crying he puts it in the gun he puts it to his head then he puts it in his mouth and he like starts pulling the thing back and he just fucking can't do it. And he can't do it. Talks to the picture of his wife. He's he's like, I'll see you soon, he's kid. He's like, I miss you. I'll see you in a while. A long while. like, well, he a long while because then he realizes he doesn't want to kill himself, right? right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's really like it's a tragic scene, but it does give a lot a lot of depth to the character of Riggs, and you kind of get a little bit more why he's wants to die, right? He's yeah. These are, these are
0: fully fleshed out characters. They are. And I think it makes the movie, the stakes of the last 30 minutes of the movie so much better. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's such it's such a like it's such a it's such a cliche but it truly is a timeless classic it's a movie that doesn't really show it's age at all Um, it really like it's just it's fantastic I I fucking love this movie man like every time I watch it like I think I like this movie more every time I watch it with every subsequent viewing I find more to enjoy out of it Um, I agree
0: completely I felt the same way when I was done it's so
1: good I give it uh, five Drano pills out of five (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna give it Five shots of Canadian mist out of <laughs> Okay, good. All right, we're going to take a little break here, and we'll be back with questions and what we
0: learned. Bye. Mama says police miss you black people. Is it true? Uh, yeah, is it true? Is that true? Yeah, is it yeah, true? Is that true?
1: All right, we are back with questions, and as always, uh, we are half-assing it uh-huh. and uh, considering maybe at some point retiring this uh, this feature. I don't, but, know, I don't know any other way to do it. But we're still here. Uh, so my question for you, uh, Chris, is that this is uh, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole debate about what constitutes a Christmas, but we can both agree this is a movie that's you know, that takes place during Christmas, so it's Christmas adjacent. What are some other notable movies that you know aren't necessarily about Christmas, but Christmas is the backdrop of their of their story? Right.
0: I will say up top, I am very liberal now. With so, that am I. so am I. Policy it has Christmas, even in it for a minute, I like watching it around Christmas. Same so. here. Same here. Um, so obviously, Die Hard. Everybody knows that one now. Yeah. Uh, Gremlins. I think people have caught up with that as well. Yeah. Um, one that I caught recently is uh, Eastern Promises. With Vigo Mortensen.
1: With Viggo Mortensen. With yeah,
0: takes place around Christmas time. And if
1: you want to see the hottest, fully nude action scene ever, watch *Eastern Promises*.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you want to see Vigo Mortensen's sack,
1: just flopping around yeah. in, the in the Russian bathhouse as and, he murders. And I do. As he stabs guys to death. Yeah, yeah. In a gruesome scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, oh, what was the other one? There's a few. I, Grand Grand Budapest Hotel. Right. Um, mean Girls.
0: Yeah. I like that movie
1: yeah it's a good movie uh, and then you mentioned um, some of the Harry Potter movies have great great Christmas moments
0: yeah two or three of them at least have Christmas takes
1: I love the too. giant tree that they have in Hogwarts it's awesome
0: yeah you get the the, the one the, the the big dance I also
1: really like the. I, I, what I worry about though is you know how did the Patels think about that I mean <laughs> <laughs>
0: they went to the Christmas party
1: I know but I mean it wasn't for them fucking racist ass Hogwarts but now now that we know what we know about uh, the creator of Hogwarts, I'm not terribly surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, are
0: going to Christmas, whether they like it or not.
1: And they better be boys or girls. Says, and, no, and nothing else. Says <laughs> jaded Karen Rowling. Ooh. Oh, 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 you didn't make that up, did you? No, I did not. Okay.
0: Shout yes. out to uh, Throwing Shade for that one.
1: Nice. Well done. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she should just shut up, eh? Uh-huh. Yeah. Just ruining Harry Potter for an entire generation. <laughs> yeah. Knock it off. Stop it. <laughs> I don't want to have to stop enjoying Harry Potter. I truly love that franchise. So if you're listening, and I know you are, knock it off.
0: Anyway. you hear that? You can keep listening, JK, but knock it
1: off. And we're not just kidding.
0: No. <laughs> uh, all right, so I gotta ask you, of course, uh, we gotta figure out here. Who's a Riggs and who's a Murtaugh between the two of us? Well, so I just wanna make my case here. So, I mean, I, now I have had a mustache in the past, which puts me closer to the Murtaugh camp, but I'm gonna argue that I'm a Riggs and you're a Murtaugh. You know what? I was gonna say it, you know, not that I don't like
1: my first my immediate instinct would be if you asked me this question five years ago, I wouldn't even budge on this. I'd be like, no, I'm a Riggs, I'm a Riggs. No way, man, I'm a Murtaugh. I am crusty, mm-hmm. I'm crusty, I'm codrelly. Ahead of my years. You like to work alone. I like to work alone. I don't, I'm too, I'm, getting, I'm getting too old for this shit. You'd
0: probably carry a six-shooter. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't jam. Right. Yeah, so you know what? I And then, uh, and then I, got, I got jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I'm single, and I'm suicidal. Yep. So, you know. Oh, boy. All right, so um, we'll be back, and uh, we'll talk about what we learned.
1: No, I'm actually going to get Chris, too, a psychologist. <laughs> so what we learned might be in a few months, guys. Anyway... <laughs> But no, you're you're all right. I like that assessment, and it's an honest assessment. You're, you're all right too, man. You're the you're the rigs, and I'm the Murtaugh in this relationship. Right, so fine, uh, so you guys go fuck yourselves, and we'll be back with what we learned.
0: The man is suicidal. And you're sure of that diagnosis. You have no doubts. You know that. No, there are no absolutes right. in life. End of, of discussion. No. It can We're gonna be the wait. End. We can't wait. And then if wait, he offs himself, then we'll know I was wrong. All right, we're back. I finished my six months of therapy. I really worked through some stuff, and I'm feeling good.
1: That's good. I'm really glad that we were able to get to the bottom of your uh, many psychosis. Got to
0: back, back together with my ex wife. I can see my kids again. It's great.
1: Oh boy, you're still delusional.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is what we learned. Uh, yeah, what did
1: we learn? Well, real quick. Oh, well,
0: we just learned something real fun.
1: Yeah, so uh, yeah, we tried the lethal weapon video game for the Super Nintendo, and oh my god,
0: I would have been really upset. If I, uh, well, first I would have been super stoked I if probably, I. Had I probably would have actually enjoyed that as a kid. You'll put up with bad controls and shit when you're a kid.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad. So like, you start out as Riggs. It's a platforming shooter. Yeah. Kind of like a contra or something. But the else. way that the characters are animated, the way they look, is fucking hilarious. Like Mel Gibson does look bad, but then uh, with, with Riggs, he just looks like a slouched over old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it
0: looks like he's shuffling along, it's like a caveman.
1: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, they call it lethal weapon. I think it came out. When lethal weapon three came out, yeah, because it's got the, the logo and Joe Pesci back there with the blonde hair, right. But uh, yeah, we don't recommend it. No, no, don't buy. I don't that. recommend
0: turning it on for a minute.
1: Yeah, if you have a, an emulator uh, system like I do, and you can just throw it on for a few minutes and have a good time, but don't buy it online for like seventy dollars still packaged.
0: Buy it still packaged and then hang it on your wall.
1: That's I'll bet like, it's worth a lot of fun, probably. Yeah. One of those those types of games that like didn't sell a lot, they did produce a lot of copies. Those are the true ones. Like, when I was trading in my um, all my uh, Xbox 360, Wii, and PS3 games to get the Xbox One, you know, because you traded all the consoles, all the games, and you get, basically get a console and a bunch of new games for free. Yeah. Not with these new ones, but with the previous generation. And they were scanning in all my games, and I had Super Mario Strikers charged for the Wii. Oh, that game rules. Yeah, right? And apparently, it's really rare. And when they were scanning in the trade value, like, they were scanning all, all my beloved games would be, like, $7.00 four dollars eight dollars and they scanned in um super mario strikers charge 35 dollars i was like what yeah that was the trading value of that game you know why because people don't sell it it's rare it's not about if it's a good game when you're a collector it's about how hard is it to find and is it still in its package like this super mario 3 just went for one hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars. yeah and one of the reasons is because on the cover of it his uh thumb is obscuring the logo, and they fix that for later oh. uh, later releases, right? So if you can get
0: sealed the one where his thumb's obscuring it, that's it's fucking nuts. I have a sealed copy of Final Fantasy IX. Uh it's greatest hits for the, though for the PS2. Uh yeah, even the greatest hits is still worth like 56. Final bucks Fantasy IX now. for the PS1. Yeah. Yeah, and they uh if you have one that's not the Greatest Hits version in the package, it's worth like 300 bucks or
1: something. My uh so I have like a lot of my PS like my beloved PS One games. I kept them. And I was going through because I'm cleaning out my closets here, and uh, one of the games I have on PS One complete is Parasite Eve. Oh yeah. And I still have the demo disc. Oh cool. And it's the original version. I, it's a it's in mint condition. It's not sealed, but like the discs are all pristine. I got both game discs, the demo disc, the instruction manual. I can get like a hundred bucks for it if I wanted to sell it. Yeah. I'm not going to. I want that shit to go.
0: Oh, hell yeah, it. yeah. That kind of shit you hang it's on That's pretty to. cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, what
1: did we learn about this movie?
0: Well, uh, so I learned... I kind of already knew this, but I got the details of it. So, obviously, we pointed out the cool, very realistic uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And early. In the, yeah, very early Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the end of this movie. The triangle choke and the arm bar and everything. So, I don't know whose call it was to do this, but I think it might have been Mel Gibson, probably. But they wanted it to look like real fighting and really... You know, figure out a way to capture that this guy is a martial arts expert and like a badass. So they got a special consultant on, uncredited in the movie, uh, it was for that scene specifically, and it is uh, Hoist Gracie, the original UFC world champion, uh, the guy that brought Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to America. Yeah,
1: he's a legend. Like, um, like there is no UFC or Ultimate Fighting without the Gracies. Like exactly. They're the Godfathers of. Mixed martial arts.
0: Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu got proven at UFC 1 and in the early Pride fights in Japan to be basically the best martial art for fighting to the point where you had to learn it in addition to whatever else you were good at or you didn't stand well, a chance. hence
1: mixed martial arts. Yeah. Right? That's what I'm right. saying.
0: But there's no I don't think there's any other martial art like, you know, Muay Thai has proven to be way more important than regular karate, karate or karate. But when it comes to grappling, no. even if you're a wrestler, you have to understand at least like a basic if level you, of jiu-jitsu If you
1: want, If you want to elevate yourself to the, like, and we've seen punchers, you know, get lucky in, a, in four or five fights and get their way to a title shot only to be put in their place brutally by someone who can do... Like, I remember John Fitch back in his day, you know, he would be that guy who this young this young guy would be pounding guys unconscious would go up against John Fitch on their way into a title shot and he would just fucking wrestle them into nothing.
0: Right. Yeah, and now you've got, like, guys like Khabib uh, and Medoff who've perfected wrestling so much that they can... and he But he also does jiu-jitsu, that's the thing. Yeah. If he didn't, some jiu-jitsu black belt would eventually tap him out. He knows enough... To not We're losing get submitted every, right? anyway, uh, yeah, we
1: are. But it is cool that Hoyce Gracie choreographed that. I think that's really awesome. You can tell, like, I was shocked. Like, I've seen this movie many times, but I don't like. I, last time I watched it was five years ago, and like, I still, I still like UFC Dem. I like it even more now. Yeah. And like, I can pinpoint those types of moves when I watch movies now. And be like, oh, I fucking know what that movie is. Yeah. Or, I know what that movie is. Well, tune
0: turn into our other podcast, Ultimate Podcasting Championship, to learn more about <laughs> our views on MMA. Uh, did you learn anything?
1: Very racially charged. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really, take every episode. Uh, takes a real hard racial
1: spin. I, uh, I did learn a couple of things. Um, I learned that been uh, um, standing up, he's walking over to his oh. <laughs> notebook. I learned that when uh, Shane Black was writing this movie, uh, he was his original draft was a really, really dark and really like horrible and like really like vicious. And then he knew that it couldn't it was never going to get sold, so he softened it. He, re- he rewrote it. He softened it up, and that's the one that we ultimately. He was like, "I know the answer." Suicide. <laughs> suicide. I also learned that they really wanted Leonard Nimoy to direct this movie. Cool, because <laughs> he was a big, he was a hot shot like director. Like uh, um, Star Trek: For the Voyage Home was like a massive box office hit. Like people don't talk about that movie enough in the context of it being like a Disney movie before they were Disney. like it was oh like, yeah, it's a blockbuster. It's a huge right? movie that like took Star Trek, married it with whales and family fun, and like turned like it was excellent, right? So he directed that. And when he was making this movie, uh, he was doing Three Men and a Baby, so he wasn't available.
0: Oh, that was going to be a little bit of knowledge that That was the highest grossing movie of 1987. I loved that movie as a kid. It's so good. I've seen it a bunch. And Mr. Spock directed it. Yeah. Because Mr. Spock was the shit. You know, on that same token, I also learned that, uh, so this is a Joel Silver movie, and so is Die Hard.
1: Yeah, for sure. So is The Matrix. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, Bruce Willis and Mel Gibson were both up for both of these parts, and they had to divvy it up. And uh, Mel went with this one, and Bruce went
1: with Die Hard. I'd say it worked out great for both of them. I think
0: that's a better casting for both.
1: Although I could easily see each person doing this role. I
0: definitely see Mel Gibson in Die Hard.
1: I think he would have been too... His energy would have been too frantic for John McClane.
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: And I think John McClane would have been too much of a Joe Hollandeck to be rigged, so it yeah. worked out. I think Bruce Willis got to do his... Uh, uh, or Mel Gibson got to do his... Um, Or rather, Bruce Willis got to do his Richard Donner movie way later with 16 blocks with Most Death. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yes. Very underrated. It's a good movie. It's his last movie. Totally bombed hard. It's too bad because it's a really good underrated flick. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's probably
1: that. That's probably that. So, um, as always, uh, uh, please... If you're listening to this on uh, Spotify or Apple or however, subscribe to it, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's how we got bumped up. I actually got another person to subscribe to it today, so that's awesome. Um, And
0: if you really want to be cool, do us a favor, give us a rating, a five-star rating. That goes a long way for us. That'll make other people besides our close circle of friends get eyes on it and possibly listen to us.
1: Yeah. We recently
0: got a better recorder and we're getting close to actually sounding semi-professional
1: Uh, Yeah, we're getting a. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you if you've been with us since the beginning, a few of you have. I hope hopefully you respect and notice the difference because it's been a journey, and we're really happy with where we're at now. And we also sound
0: more professional due to the efforts of the third handsome boy, our producer Erica. Yeah. Hi, Erica. Hi, Erica. She's the best. She puts in all the Simpsons clips that we demand get put into every episode. Yeah, it's
1: really just become us kind of sitting here and kind of advising where we want things to fade, and she's doing all the (laughs) rest of the editing. We just point at the screen and go, make that do this. Yeah, we need this to happen, and she she does it, because that's the extent of our understanding of the editing process, because we're the talent, right? I mean, we don't need to know what the little people
0: do. Yeah.
1: So, anyways, Erica, I love you, Uh, and uh, yeah, we're... uh, Love you too, Erica. We're going to be back uh, with another more, probably more traditional Christmas movie. I don't think we've totally settled on it, but I think probably Home Alone.
0: That's definitely coming up. We might squeeze one more
1: I in. think we're going to try and squeeze one more in. Uh, we don't know what it is so yet for sure, so if you have any ideas, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We're also, I think, going to make uh, an Instagram post where we ask for ideas, so mm-hmm. stay tuned.
0: And uh, oh, there's one other thing I forgot. What was it? I
1: don't know. What, oh, uh,
0: Go fuck yourselves. Uh, agreed. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. When you lose your love And it makes your life